0: Welcome to episode 7 of Duckfeed Live, Sir Edwin and the Tooth Monstrosity. This is the audio version of a live video stream that went out to our Patreon backers uh, in early January 2015. Sorry, this one's a little bit late. This month, we are once again joined by Brayton Cameron of The Pitch and the newly inaugurated Teenage Dirtbags podcast. If you would like to get in on this action in the future and see past video broadcasts, you can become a Patreon backer at Patreon.com/slash/DuckFeedTV. Thank you so much to everybody who donated to help make this possible. 2014 was a fantastic year, and we're looking to make 2015 even better. So let's go right to the uh, the program.
1: I was just killing some time before. We got there there's Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bob Dylan. That video's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bob Dylan, and I'm apparently a, no- a Christmas Nosferatu. He's
2: a yeah, he's... It's
0: very scary. No <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're live.
2: Oh.
1: Oh, we're
0: live. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, go? A... We've already exhausted yeah. all the live songs I know, so okay. now we're now moving on to like just deep cuts from Throwing Copper.
0: Okay, I think that's I think that's wise. Uh, didn't Live ever do like a Christmas song? I think it was featured on the Grinch, the 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 Jim Carrey Grinch's uh, movie soundtrack. Is that true? No, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if there was a movie that would do that, it would be The Grinch, right?
1: Yeah, sure. yeah, like so, or or like the um the Mike Myers one, like yeah, that wasn't a Christmas movie. Like Christmas <laughs> that.
3: Are you are you thinking of the Guru? Yeah, <laughs> Guru.
1: Yes. The, the, I was thinking of the Grinch. The Grinch.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, my favorite anecdote about that movie. Uh, the the lead singer of the Eels only agreed to have one of his songs put on that movie if Ron Howard would tell him a story about Don Knotts.
3: And <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's an amazing writer when i was a i was in college um Phantom Planet came and played uh n i u and I guess on their writer they had a human head, and uh I didn't know it at the time because like we have like a morgue on campus, and I could have gotten them a human head like I would have just loved to show up in their room and just like throw it and just like <laughs> leave it in the middle and yeah, I was
2: like, what did you ask for. <laughs> <laughs> Here's that head.
3: Yeah. You wanted a human head. Here's a human head. Here's a human head.
1: Phantom <laughs> planet.
0: <laughs> 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 Shrunken head? Regular size? Yeah.
1: Yeah, head. <laughs> um, that's my impersonation of Braden in in college.
2: Hey, Mr. <laughs> oh, you had...
1: Yeah, I went to uh,
3: as Gary knows, I went to science school college. Went
1: to science school as a doogie house yeah. he was in college as at the ripe old age of eleven. So yeah.
0: <laughs> he took a minor in precociousness.
1: yep mm. <laughs> and yet it's,
3: weirdly, I still had a friend named Vinny who called me Doug. I don't understand <laughs> that at all.
0: Doug, huh?
1: Friend named Vinci called me
0: Droog, and we go off and murder. Yes, rap music.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Give me that great
1: booming bass. <laughs> that <the> booming bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Time. Hello, everybody. Um,
0: hello, everybody. Everybody watching. We have two viewers right now. Hi, hey Oh, cool. Yeah, who I are, can see it. More.
3: Who are the two viewers? Can we say their names
1: specifically?
3: And uh, no, but like
0: I have them. their blood types. Oh, okay. Hello, AB
1: negative. It's like the uh, the uh, Japanese plug-in
0: for, for Gchat. Get I'm, for
2: I'm positive <laughs> it has that. Uh,
0: you just uh, send ne- in a small vial of your blood.
3: Or, or there's just a thumb scanner. Oh. O positive?
0: <laughs> you have to be a universal <laughs> donor to, uh, to, to
1: listen. That's how you log yes. out
2: on the deep web.
0: Where your
1: blood is the most valuable. You can trade yeah. it in for e-cigs and bitcoins. Bitcoins and gold
3: and World of Warcraft. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <gold>. I heard. <laughs>
0: Linden dollars.
3: <laughs> we could talk a bit about games. Uh, the World of Warcraft is going to consider. Letting you use the gold you've earned in World of Warcraft to pay for your subscription?
0: Oh, I've heard of that. Like that's uh, that's like something like WildStar does, um, yeah. and a couple of other like modernish uh, RPGs. Huh. Good for that. What's that? I mean,
3: yeah. If you're level eighty, what are you doing with it anyway? Or ninety, or whatever the top level is now.
0: Mm. I think it's one hundred, and I think you just gather the gold to feel at that point. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so you can Scrooge McDuck it in the yeah. next uh, expansion.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the most recent one, Warlords. They have a you can build a castle, like you have a little uh, battlement that you're yeah. upgrading. It's your own little personal farmville, and uh, I, I, that that it would make sense if they had a Scrooge McDuck horde in there. That'd be fun.
3: (laughs) It's like, uh, did you guys play uh, Fable 3?
0: Briefly, I did. I liked Fable 2 better.
3: I liked Fable 2 better as well, but uh, Fable 3, uh, the end game, is that you solve all of your problems with money and you have a giant uh, treasure trove that's like just a mountain of gold that you can go climb on and it's kind
1: (laughs) of fun. Yeah, Uh, having fun. Yeah. I mean I never got into those games, not out of any reason. Like I didn't try them and didn't like them. I just never got around to them. Yeah, do Fable Two for the show. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, it is really good. Um it's one of the best like dog interactions you have in games, actually. Uh-huh. Like it's the good parts of black and white's pet system. Um except know. without all the horse shit attached to it. Uh-huh. I
3: love I love black and white. It's
0: so- <laughs> I like black and white too, but it has some very serious flaws. Yeah, like
3: accidentally teaching your pet to uh, eat its own poop and throw villagers in the ocean.
0: Yeah. I started started teaching him how to use... uh, I taught my tiger how to use the uh, opposing village's food supply as a toilet. Uh And uh, that had the negative side effect of him also using my food supply as a toilet.
3: Yeah, there's not
1: (laughs) a lot of differentiation. (laughs) You're a tiger anus. Everything looks like a nail. So that <laughs> old <look nice. laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I like
3: that you can just uh, like what's the word I'm looking for like you could just force your pet to never go to the bathroom yep you just continually punish it it just it just won't poop until it barfs
0: yeah you can restrict its pee that's yeah.
3: great yeah. Hooray, so well. video games <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, try this in real life, kids. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, try that in real life with kids.
1: Yeah, with, uh, tigers. That's mean.
0: Oh, yes, yeah, true. Hmm.
1: So, uh,
3: do you want to start a segment of what you're drinking? <laughs> what, what you drinking, Brayden? Oh, I am drinking because uh, I, I figured it was a little too early to start mm-hmm. drinking booze. I got this Mountain Dew Whiteout. It's <laughs> oh, officially. The guy fieri
1: of Mountain Dew. This the most semen-colored drink I've ever seen. It looks like <laughs> sake, and sake was formerly the most semen-colored drink I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's pretty close.
0: Uh, Does it have a, like an approximate like this tastes like something out of nature?
3: Um, the word is smooth citrus. Okay,
1: that's because Mountain Dew is just citrus. Flavor. Like they're 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 creating a differentiation between smooth and non-smooth citrusing. It's Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew is citrus with an edge, Gary.
3: This, this oh, takes yes. the edge off.
1: <laughs> is it just the, is it just Mountain Dew with a little heavy cream in there? Yeah. <laughs> Mount Dew. Mountain Dew. coloring. <laughs> heavy cream. Yeah. yeah,
3: some some creme fraiche. It's,
1: a, <laughs> it, it's <laughs> <a> white Russian. <laughs> 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 Blend it up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, Put a couple uh, egg whites in there
0: and just go to town. Yeah, <laughs> you got yourself a meal replacement. Guys, I think we just, we just discovered the recipe for Soylent.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> we cracked it. What are you drinking, Cole? Uh, this is Yingling. It is cheap Midwestern yeah. beer. Um, it is all that I had in my fridge. I have been away from my apartment for a whole week, and uh, so this is the uh, I was not able to stop and pick anything up good for the show.
1: Was it? Uh, did you purchase it from
0: Yingling Half Troll? Yes, or... I did. Uh, I, I spared him. I kept him alive, and I just squeezed his juices out of him yeah. into <laughs> into cans that I then seal back up.
3: It
2: with some crumb fraiche. Yeah.
0: <laughs> back in
3: my uh, congressional district, there was a guy named Sam Yingling, who was running for some sort of office. I didn't vote for him, and I moved, and then couldn't vote for him again. So
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so jokes on that guy.
3: Yeah, take that guy, Sam. Take
0: yeah. that yingling <laughs> Yeah, just whenever if I if I post a picture of something and there's a can of yingling in it, people give me shit for drinking something cheap. But it's like, as it's beer. <laughs> fuck.
1: Yeah, go to hell. People who are commenting on Cole's pictures. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. It's you know. Like I mean, that's like we can't like there there's there's space for everything. You can't constantly be drinking fine beverages. Yeah. It brings drinking yeah. a Mountain Dew Whiteout, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> I mean, the more I drink it, the more it really
3: makes my mouth hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, It's the beverage that makes
0: your mouth hurt. Did you chew on the provided bag of metal filings? No,
3: well, I did
0: not. To that. really let it soak yeah. in. Uh, each, each, each bottle of
1: Mountain Dew Whiteout comes with a fun cube on the inside that you can chew along with, with your drinks. I think it would have, like...
3: It would probably go really well with like that uh, absorbing uh, powder that you would put on throw up. Like I feel like those two flavors together.
1: Are you Are you looking to create like a new kind of oatmeal? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Just White out, it's
1: called custodial whiteout, and it's your new favorite uh, oatmeal. Trust me. Brayden, were you par- party to our uh, in Decal when we go to the McDonald or the Walmart? and look at the uh, the Spill Magic bunny? No, I was not I was ever, there can, for that. Did you ever tell you about the Spill Magic bunny? No, tell me. Um, at Walmart, they have in their vomit uh, dust things. Their mascot is a bunny who's a magician, and it's like, it's Spill Magic, so that's you know, all fair enough. But yeah. the drawing of this cartoon bunny looked like, had the facial expression and and mannerisms of somebody who was really sick of cleaning up puke, as you would be, so it was yeah. like this cute cartoon bunny, and he was like, it's "Fucking magic!" Like he's just like doing this all the time. And there's a part where there's like this still magic stuff on the ground, and it's sparkling, and he's just like, like, and, and for people listening, like I'm just struggling and, and making pissed off, basically. And it was really great. Like, and it was like on the back, it told you how to use it, and each step. Like he was like Paul Rudd in uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Like he's just like, yeah. "It got your dust." And you pour it on some other fucking kid who puked all over the <laughs> toy section. I gotta clean up those bionicles because I couldn't find a better job in this depressed little town. <laughs> yeah. Walmart was always hiring. Yeah. I mean, that, that's one of the good sides of that place. They get, they get a lot of
0: flack, but <laughs> their, 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 their turnover is fantastic.
3: Yeah, yeah okay, that's, that's exactly, Yeah, yeah. I mean they never have to they never have to give anybody uh, health insurance because they never yeah. work full time.
2: If they were uh, a warm,
1: the free market, wouldn't choose them. Yeah, so, exactly.
3: Clearly. The,
2: um,
1: yeah, the invisible hand of the free market is. Yeah. Gary, yeah. what's drinking? Ah, uh, drinking some coffee. Oh, okay. Valia espresso roast. Oh. And and, and equal. So what do I always drink? I just drink this and water is all I drink at home.
2: So.
0: Yeah. I I was gonna stop and pick up some hot some hot cocoa mix. Um, mm. but, some uh, some me- taco Yingling. Yep. <laughs> 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 but uh, time makes fools of us all. I was gonna I was really gonna do it up. I had I was gonna move my Christmas tree into the background here. Uh-huh.
3: But uh oh well. Yeah. I was going to move something into the background here, but then I... Yeah, you you
1: really look like you're recording in a suicide booth, Brayton.
3: To give it an explanation to everyone at home, um, I moved to Portland uh, three months ago with basically nothing. Um, It was just the stuff that would fit in my car. Uh, For the first two of those three months, I did not have a place of my own. I was living in other people's houses in their rooms. And now I finally have my own place, but I still don't have any stuff. So mm-hmm. slowly but surely, probably by the next time I do this in six months, I'll
1: have a poster. Maybe. I'm gonna buy you a poster that says that's Jim Belushi and says college. And you can oh, just put it behind. Oh, I'll and buy then, you a poster of Jackie Chan. Yeah, and to the right of that it'll be Einstein smoking a blunt, and to the right of that it'll be Bob Marley smoking a blunt. <laughs> I would like I would like Bob Marley to be smoking an Einstein. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> just, just down there, really going and, at it. We're yeah. like a, like a, like a bagel.
1: Just like a bagel that he's got
2: a. <laughs> I can imagine
1: a With with Einstein's head sticking out the end, he's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Captain <"Got> Nemo, <laughs> what the space is there for this?" <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> all right, guys. One then, act I'm act fucked.
0: One act play: Einstein and Bob Marley meeting up at a coffee shop. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Hey, man, I like reggae! Me, I'm rather...
3: Yeah, I don't
2: know.
3: (laughs) I I know such a little German, but I can say
1: things like Geistenstadt, and... uh... Yeah, if you mix that with the knowledge that uh, me and Cole have from Gabriel Knight, Mm -hmm. so, uh, Geistenjäger, Ghost Hunter. Sure, Ghost (laughs) Hunter. Jaeger, House (laughs) Hunters. (laughs) 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 Uh, Schatten, uh, Schattenstadt, like Shadow House. Uh-huh. Uh huh.
2: Well,
3: so, Stadt is uh is town, I think. Oh. Hmm. I think
2: mean,
3: house is just house. <laughs>
1: oh, well, because well, I thought Geistenstadt Emporium.
2: It was
3: ghost was town. town.
1: Ghost town. Oh, Ghost Town Emporium. Okay, for some reason I thought it was a Ghost House Emporium. Like well, that's
3: because that's a thing that seems reasonable. Like, why would you have a warehouse that housed entire oh. towns? Like, entire abandoned towns that you can come and buy. <laughs> I
2: would
0: do it. it's, it's the place where you buy all the supplies to recreate the end of Blazing Saddles. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's also for setting up your own various Truman's show. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Criminal <laughs> Commissar Einstein Scheiße. Yes.
2: <laughs> um,
0: yeah. Hmm. Do you guys want me to hit us with a question? I, well, do
3: you, is the conversation lag that much?
0: No, we
1: do these for about ninety minutes, and people pay to ask us questions. So. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's real weird. <laughs> yeah, I get a little bit aggressive with the segues. Uh, let's lead with this one right here. Edward B. asks, "How many times would you kiss Mario?" On the mouth?
1: Ah. Let's say, let's say you can. It's the, the question stands as it is, but you can't kiss him in the same place twice. Oh, <laughs> uh,
3: boy. Well, that big old schnoz is definitely asking for one.
1: Uh, yeah, and you could probably, depending on your lip circumference, you could fit in like ten kisses on that schnoz.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, that's a... <laughs> well, I, you know, I have a fairly large head, so let's just assume five. And uh, so five on that nose. And then, uh, you know, I'm just kind of going to stick with face. Maybe a uh, European one on each cheek and then do one on the mouth, too. Hmm. Oh, and kiss him on the forehead night. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So, a total of nine, I think we said? Nine.
2: Yeah.
3: How
0: about you, Cole? Uh, I would kiss him once on his ring as a sign of deference and respect. <laughs> he can become and, a made man. The and then I would kiss him. And then him. he's going
3: to give you uh, the star tattoos, like the little invincibility star tattoos on your shoulders.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, now I'm just picturing like a Russian mafia, like a mobster done up in Mario tattoos. <laughs> I think
3: that's like I didn't want to get star tattoos, but now I kind of want to get those. <laughs> yeah,
0: just 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 go f- uh, f- full Eastern Mushroom Kingdom promises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fighting <laughs> Luigi naked in a bathhouse. Yes. Uh, so so <laughs> once on the ring, um, and then once on each individual mustache hair, because oh, I'm whoa. nothing of not thorough. That would be yeah,
1: and you'd probably get some of them in your mouth, and you could yeah. create. Mario Park in the future by cloning him.
2: Yep.
3: Yeah. And it yeah. would just be weird coal Saliva, Mario...
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <I don't> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we never
0: a stopped... <laughs> we spent so much time wondering <laughs> We spent so much time wondering if we uh, could, <laughs> that we never stopped to ask if we a uh, Should. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so <laughs> I'm
1: a crime against nature. <laughs> I, I think that Mario would look like a crime against, like, because I've talked to before on one of the shows about my uh, recurring spooky vision of, like, the just human-sized proportional Bart Simpson sitting at the end of my bed. <laughs> so, like, if Mario just looked like Mario but existed in real life, like, yeah. it, it, like, his nose looked like it, like his nose does in the cartoon version, but it was just skin. Like, that would scare me too much that I don't think I would mm-hmm. kiss him. If it was, like, yeah. if I was a cartoon, though, or if, like, a Mario, like, stuffed animal or something like that, I would I would kiss it all over. Be no, you a little guy. Yeah, just a little guy. But, like, just a human, you know, like, same Mario proportions, like, a thick, meaty, flesh <laughs> thing with, like, just, like, big, huge, like, eyes that look red, like real eyes and big, like, fleshy nose and... Scarely mustache, like, a, like that human Bart Simpson thing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I would not. It would be very scary for me.
0: Head as big as, as his torso and legs combined.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's not, there's, like That That needs to be like a... That seems like a horror movie to me. Like, instead yeah. of just noise and tunes, like when the tunes come out, they just look like the same proportions as people as they usually have, but just flesh.
3: Cool, I'm going to assume that you know the answer to this. Isn't there a uh, scene in one of the... Um, was it, uh, Nightmare in Elm Streets, where uh, a guy wishes a poster of a girl to come to life, and then she chases him into a closet, and he hides from her.
0: I'm not sure it's believable. That's a plausible nightmare in Elm Street scenario. go. So Same him. thing.
3: I don't know. I just didn't think that you liked the Nightmare. Like a Elm legendary
2: scene. Nightmare fan. Yes. <laughs> you
3: know, Elm Street boys. Don't you remember the first episode of Bonfireside Chats when he quoted the entire uh, lyrics to
1: Nightmare on My Street by Will Smith? <laughs> like, as we do every episode of Bonfireside Chat. <laughs> Let's end with a reading <laughs> um, <laughs> Will Smith rap. It's the new Millennium, and I'm a millionaire.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did you know that the lead single off of Millennium was Wild Wild West? Yeah. I didn't
3: know that was actually on there. I thought that was just on the soundtrack. That's something. Nope. I heard, <laughs> album the, track. I heard the Stevie Wonder uh, song that he samples from for that, and it was the weirdest thing. I had never heard it before. Hmm. It was in Fred Meyer, and I just kept expecting someone to, like, scratch the record and then, I'd, like, z- switch into Wild Wild West, but it never happened, and it was so weird. <laughs>
0: But Fred Myers has somebody on the ones and twos. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. By which I mean restocking aisle one and aisle two. Yeah, and then traffic on the eights. Yeah. 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 So we answered that question.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. like Nine hundreds and infinite or zero. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: Uh, Brandon Goodrich asks this question is primarily for Gary as the skeleton expert. For Christmas I got my girlfriend a softball sized marble skull and it needs a name. Since Skull McCartilage is taken do you have a suggestion? Cole and Brayton are of course welcome to chime in. Oh I'm um, chiming in. <laughs> um, yeah I, I do feel a little like I blew
1: my load with Skull McCartilage. Like it is hard for me to think of another good skeleton name than that. like because like, I always just want to be cute and be like bony or something like that, but that's not very good. No. Um, you could do like, and, and I don't want to do the rhyme with Paul again, because it's already it's already done. You could do like the, um, or I don't know, um, Edward R. Mero <laughs> uh, or something like that. Edward R. Mero is probably my, my submission for that.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do this. Assume that the skull is a lady skull. You know, let's just. I
1: always do. Ever going? <laughs> <if> <laughs> it's, it's all the weird. same in the end, Cole.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is all. It is all calcium. Um, and uh, uh, let's let, let's take in a bit of a different direction. If it's a lady skull, it's brie fontanel.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, and there's clock. a little bit of a double twist there. Fontanel, mm-hmm. the soft spot on the head, right? Yeah. It is also a kind of cheese, of which brie is the first name. Brie also has cheese.
1: And cheese and skulls is where that humor triangle doesn't connect. Yep, I it's know. Like, <laughs> there's calcium. <tells you>.
2: Sorry. <laughs> I just...
1: Uh, just <laughs> uh, head cheese.
3: Everyone's favorite. Oh, sure. Non-actual yeah. cheese. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, just flesh-driven.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So it's a couple of degrees off, but yeah. uh, if, if the person that you're explaining this to has five or ten minutes, it'll eventually land. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're just present it with some brie. Like. <laughs> Just fill the skull with,
0: with a nice just soft pack the Pack some uh, um, uh, uh, of the cheese on there, like forensic clay. <laughs> <laughs> and just use some, like, hummus
1: and, and, and various other... Yeah, things some, ...on there. And then you can make out with this skull until you've had brunch. hmm right. Well, luckily, it's only, like,
0: softball-sized, so... Oh, sure. It shouldn't yep. take too long. will fill you up. <laughs> Carry it with you on like a hike as a snack. <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh, <laughs> Slurp on the, the side of the, s- the snack stall. <laughs> how, how about you, Bree?
3: Oh, yours were too good. I don't want to even compete at this point. No. Sorry. Huh. It would just be like uh, some mandible reference or something. <laughs> hmm. Like mandible yeah. lector? Yeah, Mandy <laughs> you know, isn't bad, or, yeah, or, or you know, Mandy Bell. Uh, <laughs> is Mandy big, Bell's
0: pretty good. Yeah, know. Mandy Bell. looks yeah, pretty good. I like that. Um, let's see here. Uh, uh, Sam Bayer asks, did you guys ever have to scrap an episode of The Pitch because you got part way through brainstorming it then found out it was a real product? No,
1: we never looked that up. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that's that is true. Like uh, that is true. There is um there is like kind of a lost episode of the pitch. There is like um kind of like we recorded there's two episodes. Yeah, that um, we ended up re-recording later.
2: Pizza and pizza
1: um, and uh, uh, right around the same time, I don't. Remember. Yeah, it's, and so we we recorded them, and then I wasn't recording, or I thought, or the recording got corrupted, or I lost the file, or something. Stupid on my end happened. So then we just waited like a couple months and did them again. Yeah. And we if, all the jokes. If
3: yeah. I, I mean, on the the Twitter, there's probably plenty of things that are real products that we just. There's like 300. That. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of those tweets. Uh, so it could be, but like I, you know, I know we never researched it, but obviously like things like the shishigates
2: <laughs> yeah. is a real
3: sugar
0: product. And no, that's like it's like an uh, Uber service now. There's an app for that that just connects to local Sandmans.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's the Shin-a-Snack.
1: <laughs> or oh,
0: Shinusnak. This a snack, snack. Right,
2: yeah. the Shin-a-Snack. <laughs>
1: Yep. It was the, the the carpet, right, or the flooring. Thing? Yeah, it was the like gravity slipstream <laughs> yeah, architectural right. thing. Yeah. So yeah,
3: that was the premise: was that we were we would build your house so that everything uh, funneled into a giant hole in the middle, so that you wouldn't have to bend over to pick things up anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that could, that's more or less a thing. Like that's how they design like asylums. Yeah, right? Like that, they, they that don't want people to mess yeah. themselves. Up anymore.
3: Like any sort of like a uh, shower. Yeah. Thing, or
1: uh, like no, a, We just want to apply it to the whole house. Yeah. Yeah. We can empathize in every room of the
2: house. <laughs> 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 Everyone Welcome to, read to more the person mansion. Oh, yeah. whoa. Pile up? <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, uh, I should, we should probably go back and uh, capture all of those tweets so they don't get lost to the ether. Do, is
1: there ether? Will they get lost?
0: Uh, you, Twitter is bad about holding on to stuff. Okay.
1: Sometimes, we can that's go can do that thing where you download the zip file of all your all your tweets.
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: it. cool. Yeah, especially yeah. the the ones where we make fun of Gene Teenman.
1: Yeah, like, well, he took over the account. Oh, that's right. Uh, there's a whole
2: <laughs> the, um, I would
1: still love the idea of doing like a catalog with using the Twitter like based on that, but like it's just time in the day. Yeah, I think yeah. it'd be really fun.
0: The 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 most difficult part would be the art. I think the copy would be fine, but actually figuring out a way to take advantage of the visual medium would be yeah. uh yeah. The, the the most the most taxing part of that.
3: Yeah, if we had time like to do really uh like those old school like fifties and sixties catalog drawings of like mm. the guy with the pipe and the lady with the yeah the classic dress and, like, standing in the house with everything flowing to the middle or, you know, like... <laughs> just, people. like, looking like, really pleased and amazed. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's but, falling like,
1: towards the center.
3: Yeah, like our, yeah. We would combine our house and the Dorminatrix. Uh, <laughs> those could just be on one, one piece of art. That would be good.
1: One of the things I was thinking about that probably what did exist um, is that I bet you at some point in history there were do dos and do donts from the Doritos count. Uh, Do you think price. so? Maybe, I could see it. Like the the company's been along for a long time. Doritos got deep that's pockets. True.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: but it just doesn't seem extreme enough. Yeah, well that that's like new Doritos. Doritos used to be just like it's a corn chip with a cheesy taste. <laughs> when you want something basic, grab a Dorito, and then then it became about the Dorito lands of snowboarders. Yeah,
0: yeah that's true. You, you know you know where Doritos were invented, right? Mansfield, Ohio. No. <laughs> Disneyland. No, this, this, this they uh, they needed something to do with. Uh, they had, I believe the story is they had surplus uh, surplus corn chips um, yeah. and surplus like just seasoning dust and so. somebody it was like Eureka, and then Ooh, yeah. yeah, I remember I remember hearing about that. Yeah, hmm. I forget where I heard it. I listened to a lot of podcasts that are just like, here's a weird fact you didn't know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Huh, Look, guys, we have some we have some real time follow up here, Brandon. Uh, popped in to say, not a question, but I called the girlfriend into the room for the skull, and she went with Mandible Lecter.
3: Uh, (laughs) Very good. We combined combined it all. That's good.
0: Closely followed by Edward R. Mero. And Cole, as the skull is made of rock, it is gender neutral.
3: (laughs) That's pretty good. I don't know. Geodude's obviously a dude.
0: (laughs) Right?
1: But Graveler could go either way. Yeah. what about Onyx? I think the frog is
0: that, is uh, golem is the final the the, the 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 final of that yeah yeah it's not Gurlum. <laughs> this would be a this, since you guys just talked about uh, talked about the pitch for a little bit would this be a good time to talk up the uh, the teenage dirt bags
1: yes but I also want to do that in an actual episode of a podcast too yes Perfect. I was gonna ask you if I could Steal an opening spot to talk about that, mm-hmm. yeah, and some, some other stuff at some point soon next time we record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if uh, if you are listening to this later or watching it now, you should check out Teenage Dirtbags. bags Brain they're back, baby, as always. We did a holiday spectacular.
3: Yeah, we are uh, finally releasing our long-running podcast, the longest-running podcast in uh, podcast history, actually, um, yep. and we've been recording for decades. And, we're just uh, finally releasing them. We're finally getting around to releasing. We're just doing the new ones, because why
1: bother going all the way back? The and because even though it is a new podcast, it has always been focused on music from the late 90s to <laughs> the <Yeah. laughs> even in when we did it back in the 80s.
2: <laughs> like, he,
3: we yeah. would pretend. We would be like, "Oh, did you see this new Lionel Rishi video?" And then I'll be like, "Yeah, I did." Wouldn't it be amazing in ten years if he makes a video that's just like uh, he has a bucket hat on and he's like shaking a banana?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> and we just, we just, you know, would like our parents would come in and we'd be in front of a chalkboard and we like wrote Fred Durst backwards. And they're like, "This kid
2: doesn't know <laughs> oh, how to write this right, is nonsense."
1: Yeah. And then they left. The camera closed up on the mirror. And the mirror said, Fred Durst, forward. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally true.
3: Um, So uh, we just started uh, releasing these episodes. The first episode is out, and it is about uh, Bob Dylan's video for the classic song, uh, Must Be Santa.
1: (laughs) It's real weird. But it is is a half hour, and it is is
0: digressive
2: Mm.
1: and diverse.
2: Yeah.
0: It's yeah. so <laughs> aggressive, diverse, divisive. Nice.
1: Not
3: really recording.
0: divisive. I just want another D on there.
3: Yeah, I just finished uh, editing the last episode, um, which is the, n- the next episode, which is the song Teenage Dirt Bags, or yep. Teenage
1: Dirt Bag by Weedus. Um, it's great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so we, and we should record soon because we want to get a couple of them in the bank. So that'll come, start coming out regularly, like at some point in January. Mm-hmm. But I want to get a couple of them banked up. Is that nice. cool? Yeah, dude,
3: let's do it. Uh we're doing what? We're doing cumbersome and uh Eve Six.
1: Yeah, yeah uh, I'm like really inferred that Eve Six song. For a song that I like objectively hate, like a lot of the songs on this this thing, that song gets stuck in my head more than anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, you because know, sometimes, sometimes it. you just choke on a rind, and that's just, it's just how it it is. <laughs> is. And our sometimes you get sick like
3: ginger ale. Yeah. You think sick. <laughs> I think it's, sick it's not even get sick. I think it's like I think sick like Think sick like ginger ale.
0: That song, I, I fucking hate that song because it's the it's one of the karaoke mainstays. Like mm. when you go, um, at least in my experience, there's always there's always some some fucking dude who gets up there and just you know just does that.
3: Well, he, and he probably just knows the opening part of it, and then,
0: yeah, well,
3: yeah. It's kind of the thing that's nice about songs like that is like if you do. Um, that one Papa Roach song—it's just the same thing, like four times. You just, you know, like you get to do uh, cut myself into pieces.
2: Mm-hmm. This okay. my last
3: resort. Uh, suffocation, no breathing. <laughs> blah blah blah. But then, when you get to the actual song, it's just the same thing. You just get to say it in a more like rappy way. Yeah,
1: a unlike rappy, a rapier, if you will. Yeah, a. Yeah, in a rappy way. Yeah, Raffy Raffi's coming to town, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, Raffi is coming to Portland. I think in February, early February, if you want to go. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I would love to go. What um, beluga? come on, it's a sweet jam. Banana. Banana phone. Banana What's... phone is one of my favorite songs. No joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's the audience for Raffi in 2014? Uh, I imagine it's
3: like I imagine it's it's uh, you know eighteen year old moms that are bringing their kids. That oh sure, like, from when they yeah were,
1: they were into Raffy and they're like you're you're gonna like this banana phone and they're like give me a fucking bagel gun give me a, give me my iPad back mom <laughs> yeah I want to play Angry Burps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Linda doesn't make me listen to this at dad's mom.
1: <laughs> Linda, <laughs> there, there's kids that are nice. Did you say white mom? Say white <laughs> mom? <laughs> Linda's
0: white mom. <laughs> well, I assume
3: with the name Linda, she was Asian.
0: But, no, what it said is, Linda gives me Mountain Dude Code White, Mom. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> it has all the milk I need as a girl and boy. <laughs> like, it's rich in calcium
1: byproducts. And,
3: <laughs> and Pepsi substrates.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: Pepsi substrates. It comes with a block of calcium that you have to crush up in a mortar and pestle.
3: It's, well, it's just like a, there's just a one of those like chewable calciums just taped to the bottle, <laughs> the outside.
1: You just like you just peel and win. And every time you find is a calcium tab.
3: Yeah, every time.
1: It's just it's just a miniature
0: travel size bottle of tums.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it would actually go really well right now. It could yeah. really go some tums. <laughs>
2: I, like
1: it. Us, I don't mind if I do. Huh. I just want to make you jealous, Brayden. The- uh, chalky flavor.
0: <laughs> Are they citrus, Gary? They're assorted berries. Mm.
1: You know what I have, uh, Cole? <laughs> I, I, I know this will make uh, you all understand this or get the uh, significance of this. Brayden probably will as well. Over Christmas break when I was down at Elizabeth's parents, I had some of Sherry's berries. You know, they like advertise oh, yeah. on podcasts all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, they like they, they had a bath. They had a box of cherries, berries. I'd never seen one in the wild, or thought anyone actually did that. Or, uh-huh. yeah.
3: And were they delicious?
1: They were the biggest strawberries I've ever seen, like bigger, like as big as like two babies' fists.
2: Whoa.
1: And they were coated in candy and chocolate. And I had one of them because I can't eat very much candy and chocolate. Yeah. And you flecked most of the candy and chocolate off. It was pretty good. Yeah, hmm. like not worth like you know thirty dollars for a box of twelve. Mama strawberries, but. And, a, um,
3: if I if I can for a second interject, uh, I saw that picture that Elizabeth posted. Were there like six dogs there?
1: I had a real dog holiday. That there are more awesome. dogs than that. There's one dog not pictured in that picture. Wow! Like I'm um, so jealous. I want to just play with all those dogs. It's really fun for a while. Yeah. And then you then you try to sleep, and like, any time any of them barks, they all bark for an hour.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that sounds. So
1: I couldn't right. I couldn't sleep very well, and like. They were kind of being, like, several of them were being shit, so then one of the days, some family member brought over a baby, and, like, mm. a bunch of the dogs, like, let's not have them around babies. Like, it's yeah. not really, you know, I trust them. So it was a lot of, like, me hanging out in the spare room, like, babysitting dogs that were, like, not, like, just, like, say they were, like, they weren't relaxed, they were just, like, a, you know, a coiled spring. Everyone's mm. going, huh, huh. <sighs> You know, and so I couldn't, I'm just like staying there trying to play Game Boy and just everyone like yeah. you know, getting yeah. startled every
3: couple seconds. I didn't I didn't tell you, Gary, but uh, Roars hissed at me. Oh no. <laughs> I, I actually not... saw him. He actually came out, he was super excited, then I showed up but then realized quickly that I wasn't you and was
1: this... <laughs> <laughs> at you. He made No a no no back. He got up on top of the fridge and, and tore his treats down Oh. Which like, he's never done that before. Like he's usually not that agile. You need to fatten him up so he can't jump as high. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, but yeah, he he made a he made a huge mess.
3: It was my fault. Uh I fed him and he was eating and and uh I was making intense eye contact with him just to find <laughs> <laughs> it <worked.
1: laughs> It's it definitely not your fault,
0: and I appreciate you coming over and
1: feeding him.
3: Yeah, no problem.
0: <laughs> hmm. I'm a much better pet uncle than I am a pet dad. I felt that way about
1: these dogs. Like, I didn't, like, at some point, I bet you me and Elizabeth will live together and I will live with these dogs. But, like, being around these, like, six dogs, like, I couldn't do that all the time. Like, when I got back to my house and was filled with the feline, like, chill feline energy of my cat, <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. I was like, oh, he just wants to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. He's not all over me at all. This is great. Like, I can, I can get into this, you know. I so just, it was great for mm-hmm. couple days. I feel like I, you know,
3: I, uh, having listened to your podcast for a long time, I've heard a lot of roars, noises, but like he sounded straight up like a chimp when I was feeding him. Like <laughs> he was just like, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> like I was like, this is the weirdest sound I've ever heard a cat make.
1: <laughs> he was traumatized. <laughs> he now allow me to be gone.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, it's much better than when your smoke alarm went off. The oh, shit, battery yeah.
3: Battery
2: died,
1: yeah. Yeah. I kept to apologize to my neighbors for that, thinking they would be furious at me, and they they were just like, oh. And then I, like, changed the battery in the one that's out in the laundry room. I'm like, oh, that's what that is? Like, those oh, guys?
2: Oh. <laughs> uh. mm. you, know,
1: you mean that thing that's been making a loud, piercing beep every couple seconds for, like, a day? <laughs> yeah. Like, how did you not notice that? <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: one of those things where the beep is infrequent enough you can't actually locate it.
1: Yeah. 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 That happened with the one that's like ab- literally above me right now. Like it kept like happening and then, like it would just happen brief enough that I thought I was like imagining it or it was part of the soundtrack of something I was listening to.
2: Yeah. Probably,
1: like, my headphones were fucking up or it took me a little while to even catch on to that one.
2: Yeah. So.
0: Hmm. Do you want to do another question? Hook us up. Cool. Uh so Alex K D N um writes in saying, What's the worst game you've played in twenty fourteen? What massive or minuscule changes could the creators have made to make it into a good game? Alternatively, what could have made it even worse? Good question. Yeah.
1: Do um, you want me to start? <laughs> yeah, start, start right? and, and um, if um, listen, I'm not paying attention. It's because I'm looking for a Tums I dropped. Oh, I okay. Um... I don't want to go into too
3: much detail because of uh, something that's going to happen in the future. No pants, Gary. Yeah, uh... (laughs) I have
1: my boxer. I apologize. (laughs) Uh,
3: Is uh, I just started playing Elegy for a Dead Planet, and I really don't like it. So that's my don't buy it. Is that the
0: writing one where you're kind of like going around and it gives you like Mad Libs like prompts.
3: Yes, that's exactly it, and uh, that is the entirety of the game. <laughs> and Like, going around Mad Libs prompts is everything to that game.
0: Yeah, so so I watched a video on Polygon of Justin and Griffin McElroy going mm-hmm. through, and they used it as an opportunity to write ALF fan fiction?
3: Yeah, it would be probably pretty good for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, so it was pretty funny watching them do that. Like, have, is there the ability, like, do you have the ability to, like, download and, you know, read other people's stuff?
3: Yes. Yeah. You can, um, uh, after you complete something, you can uh, read other people's stuff. Uh, I think it's just an option to just read other people's things. And they, they just give you random ones. As far as I know, you can't search for anyone. Uh, I haven't really tried that, that functionality because I don't know anyone else who's playing it. But... Um, Yeah, so some of the stuff I've read has actually been all right, and then some of it is, like, hyper-minimal, where they're literally, like, they'll give you the Mad Lib prompt, and they're just putting in, like, one word. Like, I made, uh, not to give too much away, uh, but my one prompt was all about these uh, giant French fry people that, like, used to live in this planet called Cardboardia, and uh, were eventually destroyed by um, giant vats of oil. Um and uh, I just was like going off on these huge tangents and the game also doesn't want you to do that because the next prompt shows up and it's like, oh, now I have to go back and re-edit my giant tangent because I didn't know what you Mm. were going
2: to ask.
0: Yeah, that's just, I'm I'm curious about like what kind of diversion there could be like with the same audio and visual prompts because you're walking up to the same sets and stuff, right?
3: Yeah, but there's... um, the way it works is there's there's three planets or like portals that you get to go to, and in each of those portals there's different things. The one of the things that's like real weird is there's like a grammar check, uh, like a grammar test where you get to go through and edit sentences and make them correct grammatically. But there's the game itself doesn't tell you they're correct or wrong when you finish a sentence or when you finish all of the sentences.
2: Hmm.
3: Um. So there's this that, like, but then... Is this early access? No, it's, I think, complete. Um, so oh. it, when you go to one of the portals, including the grammar thing, there's also just, like, there's like five prompts, plus there's just a free writing one where you just kind of look at the landscape and write whatever you want. Um, and I tried a couple of different prompts, and it's, like, it's kind of neat. Uh, some of them are, like, famous poems that they edit stuff out
1: of for you to write in,
3: and that's kind of weird.
1: That's an that's a actual writing exercise. Yeah. Like, that's, a, that's something that we did in my, uh, my poetry class, I took.
3: This seems really strange. Like, if you already know the poem, then why, why do you want to write a different version of
1: it? The, uh, just because you, you're looking for, like, I mean, I don't know. I've, I haven't played Elegy for Dead World yet. But the um, you're looking for, like, weird left turn turns of phrases. Okay. And stuff like by adding your own things, and you're just looking for things that are unexpected and surprisingly evocative without, you know, being intentionally sure. so necessarily. Um, is there anything that you think that would make the game better? Like, is there like a simple change that would have fixed it? Yeah, one
3: of one of the problems that I had with it is that it, maybe I went into this with the wrong mindset. Is that I was actually hoping it for it to be more of a game and less of a like like press right until you get a prompt. Uh, so, like, if there was a game, <laughs> or, for example, uh, if it actually corrected your grammar, <laughs>
1: mm. those would be some simple, nice changes. How about, how about you, Cole? And I guess, like, for me and Cole, like, we do Abject Suffering, we shouldn't count those games, because...
0: Yeah, we really, we, we, we really ought not to. Those are the worst yeah.
1: games we played this year.
0: <laughs> Collectively, yeah. together, I mean, Bubsy 3D, if that's yeah, included. Probably the
1: worst game we played this year.
0: Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't listened to
3: that one yet, so, you know... Game.
0: <laughs> it's so bad we spend most of the episode talking about um, Bubsy 3D, Yeah, which uh, should tell you something. Um, yeah. It's it's really tough, because, like, I I generally... Most of my game-playing time is spoken for, um, so I don't get the opportunity to, you know, to try out a lot of stuff that doesn't come really heavily recommended. Um, so that's, the, that's pretty that's pretty tough I would say um, for a game that was kind of disappointing uh, and it's you know as it says because it was so such a little you know there, there was no investment around it but uh, the plan which was done by the uh, the among the sleep people uh, which was like a free little thing that uh, had kind of been hyped up as like oh you should play this and there's some kind of message but you're literally just a fly who's flying up mmm for about five minutes, and that's about it. And I was like, "Oh, you know, bad on me for believing the hype." But um, you know, the idea of playing a game where you are a bug, I'm kind of cool with that. Like, yeah, I like yeah. the bad mojo. Um, yeah, like bug's yeah. life. What's, What's that? Movie or whatever, a Bug's Life. <laughs> yeah. Ants. So ants. Yeah. Ants. Crunch Times. Oh! Oh! Wait! No! I'm um, now I know it. Now I know it. Um, It is uh, the worst game I played this year. is uh, It's called Sometimes You Die, Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is an iOS game that is like a uh, Think Limbo meets VVV, um, where you're trying to solve all these little puzzles, and uh, uh, you know they're really tough. You're going to die every once in a while. It's like a little platformer kind of thing, Um, except all throughout it, it is giving you kind of these really stupid moralistic um, things about. Like, oh, isn't death trivialized in video games? Man.
2: Mm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, there's just, like, a guy who grabs a blunt, but it's got uh, Albert Einstein on it. He, <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, token
0: of
1: Einstein's... Temple.
3: Sometimes
0: I think death is really just a door.
2: <laughs> I'm <Bird's not> alive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so the game itself wasn't that bad like it was you know just standard iOS puzzle platformer kind of fair it you know, controlled pretty well, and there were some times where, like, oh, you die, and like, okay, uh, cool. And you can see, like, all, like, little replays of yourself going kind of, like, Super Meat Boy style. It even has this awesome thing where, like, the all of the text in the game is in the background, like, for an individual stage. Like, as you go screen by screen, different words are lit up to show you stuff. But the problem is, it's so overbearing with this kind of, like, meta-textual thing that it really put me off of it, actually. So it's one of those things where the gameplay was right, but the aesthetic was so it was so I don't know, it got pissed off that it was trying to be so provocative when it really had nothing yeah, to wasn't. back that up also you know? if you want
1: to do that you do that like not only that message has been done a thousand times and done really well and you do it through gameplay as opposed to
0: text yeah, like, like, it was trying to be swapper or yeah. you know like I even got like hints <laughs> of like spec ops the line like all you have to do is stop <laughs> but, yeah womp. That's mine.
1: Um, I'm going to cheat and say two, um, just because I want to. Um, one, uh, because you reminded me of one, one is uh, Phoenix Rage, which is a game I did for review for Read rotro. and uh, it is like Meat Boy, but if you have like Flappy Bird controls, like you have infinite kind of double jump, and like Meat Boy, like which is a great game, um, is about crazy precision, you know, like you just have to be very, like, you know what everything's going to do perfectly. And if you transpose, like, Flappy Bird kind of controls onto that, you can see how that could be very frustrating um, yeah. instantly. And it was just like, this is Meat Boy, but worse. And with that, you know, like worse everything. You know, like, it was, it was just like, it felt very unnecessary. And, like, I think that game, that game was very frustrating uh, for me. But uh, the real, like, the biggest disappointment, it's maybe not the worst game, but, like, I can't really shit on uh, the novelist enough. I think that game is really bad. Like, yeah. and and I came into it like I was just like fresh off of like really being interested in like a narrative game experience because I've gone home and these things and I was like oh this is gonna be really cool. And have either of you guys played that game?
0: No, I intend to though, cause, mostly because I want to see how bad it really is.
1: It's I like, trust it's you. It's like it's a good, pre- it's a really irresistible premise. Like you're a guy who's a writer and you're on a family vacation and like it's about work life balance, which is like. That's a good thing for a game to be about. I understand like I feel like there's never enough time to do all the creative stuff I want to do while maintaining the relationships in my life. It's really relatable, but it just falls down through like really, really flat characters and writing and like really limited uh, decision making. So like you can only like at the end essentially you are a ghost for some reason and you are influencing the patriarch of the, the household and what he does and you can essentially just like I can make myself happy. I can make myself and one other person pretty miserable but kind of happy, and that's it. Um, so there's no, like, in my mind, I'm thinking of a dozen, like, oh, this would be perfect. Like, you know, you could you can make everybody happy with this situation, you know, but n- it never comes up in the game. It's always, like, I'm going to go fishing with my kid for a half hour instead of a real, you know, day-long thing, and I'm going to write, but I'm going to totally ignore my wife. Whereas, like, well, there's 16 hours in a day, bro. Like, you could, you know, like, these these are all things you could do. Or you can just explain it to your wife or like talk to each other, you know, and everyone's just like, I'm only going to be happy if I get to go to play trucks down to the beach or like, I'm only going to be happy if I get to go to this art exhibit. And everything is boiled down in this either or in a way that doesn't feel realistic. And uh, yeah, it just, it feels, and there's a lot of like, it's great grindy, like you have to, before you make the decisions, you have to go and like collect all the things in the house that tell you what everyone really wants and, like, you're just going through this very small space over and over and over, searching for glowing objects or glowing people and stuff. It's real shit. Like, it it was really disappointing. And the only way to make make it better was to make, like, the characters good. Like, if the writing was really compelling and I gave a shit about any of the characters, even if the choices weren't great, I can understand that layer of abstraction. Like, you know, of course you're not going to... It's not a full time management, Sam, you're not going to manage your 16 hours and get everything in. Like, you do have to make choices. That's what it's about. But I just don't care about any of the people. Like, I just want them all to be miserable. Yeah, you'd think a game called The Novelist would have to
3: to put writing first.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it really doesn't. Like, your is just not very interesting. Your family's not very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, That novel was, was, was... That book novel game, that game was very disappointing.
0: Let's do The Novelist except it's an Alan Wake crossover.
1: Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> I, like, I like Alan Wake I like the I <laughs> Yeah. I don't
0: know. This has been a good year for games. Not a good year for Game Ming, but a good year it's for been, games that came out.
1: For, it's been like a great year, and I keep seeing on Twitter like people complaining about it. But I and then when they do it, they're complaining about like how disappointing uh Madden twenty fourteen was. <laughs> well not Madden twenty fourteen, but like, you know, Far Cry 4 and uh, Watch Dogs and stuff, and like they're just like uh, you know like and it's like well just you have to just I mean broken record but get out of this AAA space and like it's actually been amazing like mm-hmm. Watch gone. Dogs wasn't bad. What? Watch Dogs wasn't
3: bad. I've never, never played it, but I know a lot of people were disappointed with it. Well, I mean it's not amazing, but like I just uh, I know this is obviously a year behind, but I just started playing um, at Saints Row the Fourth. <laughs> and, uh, Gary, I know you don't really, you haven't gotten into the Saints Row games, but like, the fourth one is pretty fantastic because not too far along you get um, crackdown style, like, yeah. movement powers and they're really fun.
1: I, I played that far into it. I like it more than I like the third one, but I still like wasn't interested in what the game was asking me to do with sure. the powers. Like, I still, I liked being able to run around and do stuff, but like, it never gave me an interesting thing to do. I so like it. on my list of like a game to play eventually, because I guess it's supposed to get really metacontextual and weird. But yeah. it starts off with, you know, go kill these things, go break into this place, and I'm just don't care.
3: Yeah.
1: I oh. got it. Even if I'm jumping there, like it still made me not care. Like I I'm, I'm I've got a real open world, like like that genre is gonna take something to win me back, I think. I don't yeah. know. I get it. So, so cliff racers maybe, but that I, exactly. what I would do. cliff racers. Need it that's what I need. More when
0: 5 comes out on PC, that'll be the first mod. Yeah, just add them in.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and like I'm kind of I'm kind of interested in playing GTA 5. I've been waiting for it to become like cheap, and like I probably I will try it because like it's supposed to have like a good main story mission.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: I've uh, been uh playing through it again on the PS4 with uh, the first person mode and that changes the game fundamentally, fundamentally in really in really fantastic ways
2: hmm.
0: like it's got teeth in me now that's cool,
1: that's good, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm mildly interested, I just, that's been the thing with, like, again that comes up when we were talking about Far Cry and stuff and like that Ubisoft like here's a map full of objectives and they're all boring but there's lots of them You know, which is, like, and that's stupid. And, like, I I really, like, and, like, uh, you, I know you're playing this cool. Like, I started playing A Link Between Worlds at the same time you did for Mm -hmm. some reason. Like, I also started playing it during this Christmas break. And, like, what a marvel of, like, economy and endlessly inventive. Like, I never feel like it's just doing the same thing over again. And the way, like, I tried to play fucking um, Blood Dragon because, like, it's, like, an aesthetic sense that's interesting to me. But as soon as you get through the tutorial, it's just, like, here's a thousand little map markers of just things to go do the same thing at. Like mm-hmm. and, you know, take a lesson from fucking Nintendo about this stuff. Like you give me interesting things to do and, yep. and I will love you. And like that game is a, a miracle. Like it's so good. Like it's it's hard for me to like it's edging towards my favorite Zelda game, which is mm-hmm. kinda crazy, but it's so good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I beat it.
1: You,
3: you don't want to just kill X number of certain thing and then collect their body
1: parts? No, never again. <laughs> <laughs> never again. I never need to do that again. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, I beat a, I beat a link between worlds um, over break. I was actually laying sick in bed on Christmas Day because oh, everybody okay. is sick, um, and uh, I managed power through like the last five dungeons. I, uh,
1: I yeah, haven't made it, yeah, I, I'm. I just I finished the second dungeon in low rule,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I'm, I'm still fairly early on, I guess. But it's just yeah, like fair. everything is surprising. Every dungeon has like a really strong mechanical, like concept to it. Yep. You know,
0: it's just like it's so good. And, like, it's it's so good that it is refilling my Zelda Goodwill meter so much that I need to be careful about it because I want to think, like, all right, I need to go back to all these other, like, modern Zelda games that I've just kind of dropped um, and see if there's something like this waiting behind there's where not, I
1: stopped. Like, if, if, like, consensus is there's not. Like, I haven't, you know, I never beat Skyward Sword or, uh, Twilight Princess, mm-hmm. But like, this is, you know, every review of Link Between Worlds is like, oh, this is what they should have been doing the whole time that they didn't do in those games. Yeah, yeah. Like, I kind of want to go back to Majora's Mask and Wind Waker, um, mm-hmm. but that's that's it for me and Zelda, and this. Like, I'll never do Twilight Princess or, or Skyward Sword. Um, never touch those games again. And, like, I'm, I'm uh, in the portable ones, I'm a little bit like, like, the play is going to be better, but it just feels like it's going to be hard to go back to from this.
3: Majora's yeah. Mask is good, but it's just... It's also super grindy if you're trying to get all your stuff. You know, it's just yeah. Hey, go through go through this dungeon like four times. Yeah. Because uh, it's got the second day,
1: and it's got to a... two. You know. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. Yeah. I had some lag. Or right, do you have a 3DS, sprint? Uh
3: I do not have a 3DS. I just have a regular DS.
1: <laughs> okay. The uh, th- this game comes very highly recommended. Yeah. If you do yeah. Maybe one of these days I'll get one. We'll see.
0: Yeah. And then I went right from uh, Link Between Worlds to Pokemon Y,
3: hmm.
0: um, and it is like it's a double the hard questions. What's that? <laughs> it's asking
3: the hard questions. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Pokemon Y not is more like it. Yeah. <laughs> <All right>.
3: Pokemon. <laughs> Is Pokemon Y like the uh, Doctor Who equivalent of uh, the Pokemon world where Professor Oak is actually a, like a Time Lord? And...
0: <laughs> Not <laughs> nothing. I have nothing. Get that <laughs> shit out of here. Your gigantic Doctor Who
1: farts.
3: <laughs> you don't want to talk about Timey Wimey and Spacey you know like uh, Wibbly Wobbly Timey Wimey? You don't want to?
0: Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean talk about two games that like, re-in- like reinvigorate my interest in their respective series.
1: Yeah, that, that generation of Pokemon is great. Like, um, that, That's something I got like 30 hours into and, and put down, but I need to pick that back up. Is Pokemon yeah. Y, is that recent? It's the second most recent one.
0: Okay. Last year, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, so it's, I, the, it's the most recent like canon one, and then they remade Ruby and Sapphire. Okay, because I really liked, I had P-
3: Pokemon White, I think, and I really liked it up until I got to a cave. I hate caves. And if yeah. the game didn't have caves, it would be fine. It's, yeah. No, it's not the Zubats. It's the, uh, I get attacked every two seconds going uh, yeah. through this cave, and it's just By
0: Zubats.
1: annoying. By Zubats. The, uh, the Pokemon X and Y have a lot more movement mechanics to them. Like, mm-hmm. you get rollerblades really early on, which is, like, surprisingly fun and really fast. So, like, yeah. getting through stuff is pretty painless.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they, I think they do more with, like, the cave puzzles, too in why than they done in the, done in the past? Like it's actually they're more interesting and a little bit more challenging. Yeah, um, nice. There's a good game. My three DS is just killing it. Like I've been playing uh, NES Remix too, yeah. Right. Uh, and that game that's really fun. Um, and I'm glad they put out a three DS version since I don't have a Wii U.
0: Is that, uh, is that eShop?
1: Um, I, you can get it on the eShop. I bought a disc version. Like um, for so, the Fred Meyer by my house uh, did a deal where it was buy Two 3DS games, get one free. If you spend that much money on them, you got $20 off and then also a $20 gift card. So I bought Link Between Worlds, NES Remix, and Bravely Default for 50 bucks. Nice. Which is, you know, those games are all never going to go down in price because they're first-party Nintendo published. So.
2: Right.
0: it's yeah. a good deal. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, let's do one here. Uh, Trent Amon asks, uh, What are some things that you guys are hoping to see in The Scholar of the First Sin? which is the new Dark Souls 2 DLC that's coming out uh, yeah. with the remake version of it. Um
1: yeah, I want I want NPCs with with meaningful dialogue. Yeah. Like more than anything. Like I would love to have NPCs that say stuff to me about what's going on and everything.
0: Yeah. I'm hoping for anything that draws everything together, not everything together, anything that draws anything together in a way that makes a goddamn lick of sense.
1: Yeah. But I, nice. Like, Dark Souls 2 makes sense to me, I just don't, like, the end, it's just kind of unsatisfying in a weird yeah. way. Like, I feel I like that's I what, what happened, but I just want it to be a little bit better.
0: Yeah. I, I, I want, like, uh, an established canon interpretation or something pushing towards it, because so far what I've seen is a lot of incredibly personal readings of, you know, what happens, in there in their interpretation of it and like that is satisfying to me but as somebody who talks about Dark Souls that makes the job really hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So just to, to just put don't you don't don't connect all the pieces, just put them a little bit closer. I think yeah. would be the puts would pieces be the best between way.
2: those pieces. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I would love to see I have it done through dialogue. Like not only because that makes it fun to edit
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: but also because like the NPCs were such a downer down note
3: in yeah.
1: uh, Virtual too. I want more questions
3: in my item descriptions.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, the, uh, just, just nest the questions one layer deeper.
3: Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, you get a life gem you look at the life gem and then it tells you what it does. But then it's like, but is curing yourself good
1: or evil? Well, who knows? Not just that, it would be like, was this the gem from somebody who thought that curing herself was evil? or someone who thought it was a curse, or was it a gem from somebody <laughs> who, who considered creating gems to be the finest craft of the Lord, or the El Diablo's wanky fun house? Furthermore, <laughs> further, what is a gem, really? Let's get down to it. Consider, <laughs> some say this gem has ten sides. However, some say it has eight plus two.
0: <laughs> Why the fuck is this download 17 gigs? <laughs> oh, it's all text? Oh, it's all item description text. It's,
2: right. like it's, all like
0: it's like
1: It turns into Marwin or Dragon Age for every item description. Yeah.
3: I would love a real mincy uh, narration every time you open up an item for the description too. Like a real like like uh, uh, Charles Nelson Riley reading. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Another life jab. <gem>. Great. <laughs> Oh, oh! What do you do, save your Astus.
0: <laughs> oh, the kingdom of Forosa is known for their warriors.
3: <laughs> That's a really good Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs>
0: it's it's a it's a mix between Charles Nelson Riley and our Uncle Arthur. Uh, <laughs> That's good. It is was just a, a smattering of Edwin. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, I want every item description to uh, to have uh, to 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 bring up one new like great hero of old yeah. that is never referenced anywhere else um, sure. that uh, uh, defeated or worked with or worked against some kind of monstrosity that you never encounter and is never referenced again. Yeah. So you just get a bunch of like, Sir Edwin fought the tooth monstrosity,
1: yeah. and the woodlegax like, is just like, Is the Ivory King actually Sir Edwin? <laughs> like, over and over and over. I would really love it
3: if um, if one of the item descriptions made a reference to like the Renkai War or something like that, or the <laughs> Recknight War. Sorry, the Recknight War. And then all of a sudden you're like,
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> so, referencing the Tech Wars.
0: Yeah. This is is this a is this a Mass Effect tie <laughs> <laughs> It pings the EA servers to see if you decided to save the Recknight Queen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I already that reference. It's,
3: yeah, the future of um, of Psychomantis. It's like...
1: It just, yeah, it just checks your gaming history. Like It checks all your social media networks for all the important decisions you made about other games. <laughs> it pings oh. your trophy library. Uh,
3: <laughs> oh, I see you never finished Saints Row the Fourth. Wow.
1: Well, then you don't know that
3: ultimately you fight someone with a dildo. <laughs> no! Oh. Well, there. I have two different dildos in that game, Gary. Oh, no, no, know. I know. It's, full of,
1: it's, full of <laughs> it's
0: full of dildos. The plural of dildo is dildron, okay. Dildron. I apologize. <laughs> dildron. <laughs> <man. Dildrin.
3: laughs> <laughs> like, uh, dildonics is a fun word, but yep. dildron. I <laughs> dildron. prefer to call it dildron, because then it sounds like an elf. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> <I
2: don't know. laughs> not, not that kind of elf. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Get
2: out there, buddy.
3: One <laughs> of the hobbits. rules. I've
2: got my fingers. For
1: Ribbondale. For Asgard. For Asgard,
3: yes.
0: Do you have uh, questions as well? Yes. Alex KDN, <laughs> he's a busy boy, writes in, Assuming you cook, what are your go-to recipes for meals such as lunch and dinner? That is to say... <laughs> <laughs>
1: for such such as like that's very funny to me. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to make fun of you. I just think that sentence is very funny. Yep,
0: yeah, that's very good. That is to say, what do you cook when you want food but don't feel like doing anything special slash different?
3: Okay. You want me to get on on this? Yeah, what do you cook uh, one of my favorite things to cook is uh, I make a really great egg sandwich. Mm. Uh, I like the sandwiches to begin with, but it's very simple, but it's also delicious. And it is a fried egg uh, served on toast. Occasionally, I will mix it up and make eggs picante, which is uh, mm. just a scrambled egg with picante sauce, so no, nothing too fancy. Um, but, okay, so it's a uh, fried egg on toast with spinach, tomatoes, avocado, and either spicy brown or beer mustard.
2: That sounds and great. I,
3: like to throw in a bit of aged cheddar.
2: Hmm.
3: Yes, and that's uh, I will eat that for lunch or dinner or breakfast.
1: <laughs> we never talk about breakfast here. Yeah, I apologize. I mean, there... post morning? <laughs> is there a
0: moratorium on breakfast chat that I haven't heard? Well, it just wasn't specified in the question. Oh, yeah, such as lunch. Yeah, yeah you can do you can do an egg sandwich. I think an egg, egg sandwiches anytime. Food.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How are you going right now?
0: <laughs> um yeah uh i I don't know so like I th- this will surprise you, but I have a system <laughs> <laughs> where where whereby when I go grocery shopping oftentimes when I get home, I will cook all of the food at once, specifically the meats, and just make a bunch of meals uh that I can then freeze in uh you know packages and then portion out throughout the night because that makes it easier. Uh, you know when you get home and you have you know a half an hour to do something, the temptation will be to eat something you know shitty. When in reality, you can just take out some like kick-ass lemon pepper chicken you made and uh, uh, throw some quinoa in the rice cooker and you know, you know then you got yourself a stew going. <laughs> uh, the 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 thing that I that I put the most work into what's that?
3: Said what? You're making a yeah. lemon pepper quinoa stew? No,
1: <laughs> no
3: it's
2: it's a lot. the most, the most it's hard that
1: it's into. What's that? I'm sorry. I was I was just telling brain news on the Development. Oh, okay, uh, you got a yeah. stew going.
0: Um, I make chili once a month, uh, usually mm-hmm. on the first weekend of the month, um, and uh, that is all like fresh ingredients and stuff, and uh, that is portioned out and heated up, and then I I have something like a stew going.
3: Yeah. 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 In that case, you do literally. All right. Yes.
0: Yeah. So. So yes, a bunch of meat, with some kind of grain, and then chili if I'm feeling saucy.
3: Yeah. That's that's very midwestern if you, if you because there's
0: no vegetables. And well, yeah. There's vegetables.
3: <laughs>
0: the vegetables. I
3: was gonna say, but you didn't fry everything. There's vegetables. Uh, oh, Gary is, is uh, on the subject of starting a new uh, blog, a new fake blog called Gross Midwestern
1: Mom Meals. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, GrossMidwesternMomMeals.tumblr.com. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> got some cream your mushroom soup. Then you
3: got yeah. yourself a meal. Yeah,
1: then throw it into
3: something. Yeah, yeah, put it on some noodles. Uh, add a, tuna whatever salad, protein you want, want like. until you die. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> every uh, every every meal should involve uh, cream of mushroom mushroom soup, tater tots, and mm-hmm. a casserole dish. Yeah. yeah, everything else it's you know it's Let's it's it's, it's all up to you.
1: A little chicken of the sea uh, <laughs> to help make it extra.
2: Please, <laughs> oh
0: my vegetable fix—I'm going to be honest with you—is usually a shitload of spinach thrown into a bowl with some onion and pepper. So, that is—that is my, which is uh,
2: great.
0: Yeah, fucking love spinach. It's okay. the uh, yeah, it's the toilet brush for your body. Yep. And <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Gary?
1: Um, if I'm super lazy, I will just do like a like a non-fancy egg sandwich, like an egg on top of some some special prescription bread that I can eat, um, or just toast and peanut butter like, if I'm in a hurry, um, but then I do a, a CSA, like, I get a, a big box of vegetables delivered to me once every two weeks that I split with Elizabeth, and uh, so I just eat whatever I have there, um, and usually it just ends up being, like, I literally will make a stew, because I'm lazy, And but organic vegetables go bad faster than anything, um, so I just want to cook them as fast as possible, so I will just cook a bunch of vegetables, and then uh, throw in some, some meat. And then kind of eat that, generally. Yes, and occasionally, yeah. And then every once in a while, I'll do something different. But usually, that's that's the case. So it's either like something not that great for me that's like quick, like oh, it's just you know some bread and some cheese because I don't have very much time, or like it'll be a big pile of meat and vegetables. And occasional salads and stuff too. I also eat a lot
0: of spinach. Damn, because it's great. It's great. Yeah, I was a, I was never a fan of salads at all until I discovered, oh, it doesn't have to be iceberg lettuce. Yeah, I, okay. I do not
1: like iceberg salad. Like, I won't do it. Like, if I'm at a restaurant, I won't order an iceberg salad. Like, Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, why I
3: you never order salad from a pizza place.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's it's Elizabeth's always trying to trick me into going to a pizza place because I can't really eat pizza, but she's like, you can get a salad there. And I'm like, yeah, but it's going to be garbage. It's going to be, like, four pieces of iceberg lettuce, a gigantic, like a tomato wedge bigger than a man. <laughs> and then like a couple onions and some garbage. It's
3: lucky if you get a tomato wedge that's bigger than a man. Like usually it's like one slice of tomato and then no. like a half a pound of onions and uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> things you want on pizza, all,
0: uh, they, all they, the cheese uh, and croutons you want.
1: Yeah, yeah. Pizza place salads are gross. Mm-hmm.
0: We have some questions in the comments. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Martin Pazanchian asks. Or says rather, I bought my wife Carcassonne for Christmas, and it's gone down very well. Do either slash any of you guys play board games, and have any recommendations for beginners like us?
1: Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, we we me and Brayton play lots of board games.
3: Yeah, occasionally we do. Uh, I, 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 starters, of course, Carcassonne's great. Uh, Settlers is also very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Pandemic, though. Sometimes that game turns into uh, one guy knows what he's doing and yells at everyone else. Um Seven Wonders, I think, is also very good because that one is kind of isolated, which is fun. It's a kind of screw your neighbor, but also like you're in your own world building your own wonder. Um, which is which is pretty neat and it, it's not hard to explain. The game goes pretty quick.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know like big kind of Euro games like resource and be like I never played Carcassonne. I don't really like Settlers of Coton. Mm. Um, so those type of games like aren't necessarily for me. But um, I like, um, like Dominion is really fun. Like Dominion is kind of like a classic, and that, that game is, is endlessly, like, fascinating to me. And yeah, then, I,
3: like, I like Dominion a lot. I just find that it's a little tough to, like, get new people in on it because yeah.
1: they don't already know about deck building. You know? it, yeah, it takes, it takes a couple of games, and it also depends on how many expansions there are. Like when I first started playing Dominion, I played with my, our friends, the Dorseys, and they have, like, all the expansions. So, like, you're starting with all these, like, tricky characters, but if you start with the base set, like it's pretty quick to pick up. Yeah. Um, and then once you understand Dominion, you have a whole world of deck building games available to you. Like once you understand that mechanic, it's really fun. Um, and then for Christmas, I got for uh, Elizabeth's parents and family, I got them a game called Anomia, which I kind of want to pick up a copy for our, our game group to play. Okay. Um, it's like it's like a party game. It's not like a deep strategy game or anything. But it's very fun. And like essentially the concept is like you you know pass around cards and stuff and eventually when you get matching symbols, um, you and the other person face off. You have know, categories on your cards, so like huh. mine might say type you know brand of automobile and yours might say acronym, and then we have to guess each other's. And then once you guess it, you get the point, but it reveals another one, which could cause conflicts with other people. And it's just really really fast and like. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like we have to and they there are all these like kind of systems in place to stop you from being able to like load up a thing, like, you're not guessing your card, so you're not like, you know, oh, yeah, okay,
2: no, I have I,
3: to I've heard that before. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah. a really cool game.
1: Uh, no, I mean, also, so uh,
3: a game that we both like that we didn't mention, Small World.
1: Oh, Small World's great. Yeah, it's like, it's like high, high-minded risk with like roguelike elements, like randomization elements. That's element. way faster. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's way, way faster and more complicated and, like, really neat, like uh, Small World rules. Game's really good, but I think you need more than two players really to make that a good.
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't think two players would work for a small world.
2: No. Yeah.
1: For two-player games, uh, try Love Letter. Love Letter is really fun, and that's a two-player game and it goes really quick. It's just like it, there's 18 cards and some chits and the whole things in like a bag. Yeah. It's
2: really for,
1: fun. Uh, uh I guess it's not for two players because it's kind of boring, but Flux is fun. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah just Flux really is really great.
2: Card game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And Flux is so easy because it's all the rules are on the cards. So. Yeah. Yeah, Flux is very really fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, cards Against Humanity. Yeah, it's great.
1: <laughs> it's, it's one of the things that it's going to, if you play that. It's such a straight gonna, face. You're going to be hilarious, and all your friends are going to think you're also hilarious.
0: Yeah, no. Shit Hitler.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, surprise Sex Hitler.
0: Just shit like Hitler.
1: Yeah. The, uh, the idea of like a, just like a husband and wife playing cards against humanity one on one against each other is one of the saddest things I can think of. <laughs> I don't mean that to be offensive if like the person who asked the question actually does that or did that, but that does sound very sad. To me. Well, you know, just on, on, even if it was at to apples, like
3: you know who's going to get the point? It's, it's yeah, like, it's like paint, playing Candyland. Like the winner's already been decided.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Uh, being serious for a moment, uh, San Juan is really great. It is a simplified version of uh, Puerto Rico. That is,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Yep, that's all cards. So there's no fucking setup like with Puerto Rico. (laughs) Um, And as as far as board games, I'm good at Balderdash. Oh yeah, is a fun one.
1: All those classic games are actually like really fun. Like I really like like Scattergories and uh, Taboo. Like I feel (laughs) like like, I love Taboo. Taboo player, like, I'm really good at Taboo, and I really like it, right?
3: I I really like life as a game, to be honest with you. We played Pirates of the Caribbean Life at your, like, mom's house over, like,
1: Thanksgiving or something
3: once, didn't we? Yeah. Like, Easter, maybe? I don't remember.
1: You have to be, uh, for life, you have to be with people who are goofing. Like, the entertainment doesn't come from the game. It just comes from goofing around with your friends all. I just find spinning that dial very
3: satisfying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a good it's... dial. Second only to the pop uh, no, no,
2: no,
3: Fuck that. I think <laughs> it's better than the pop yeah. It doesn't I have like, the I satisfying just... of a noise. It's just kind of like annoying. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. I like the tactile yeah. sensation of the pop mm.
2: is
0: matic you know uh, is. Is, is where is where I come from that. Um, let's see here. Let's get high-minded here. Uh, who are some of your favorite painters? Is there a movement or a group of artists, e.g. impressionists, pre-Raphaelites, romantics, you find yourselves particularly drawn to? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like, I like, I like art. Um, I really... Um, I am a real uh, kind of modern... I mean, I reveal a lot of ignorance on this because I like art, but I'm not real studied in it. Um, I like modern art, and I like uh, abstract newer art. Um, right. I don't like art that looks like the thing it's supposed to look like. Um, that, to me, seems boring. And the... Uh, I really like um, Mark Rothko a lot. Yeah. Um, and that was an artist where, like, I have a very distinct memory of it being unlocked for me. Like, me just being like, that just looks like a big blob of crap. And then, like, in school, I started learning about, like, color theory and started, like, getting this idea of, like, oh, like, instead of trying to figure this out, I'm just kind of supposed to drink in how rich and deep these colors are, because there's no like Crayola colors that are in a Mark Rothko painting. Like they are all just these very deep, like complex, yeah, shades, you know.
2: And, yeah,
3: I I also really love Mark Mark Rothko, and like I was going to plan a trip on my way out here to go to Houston to the Rothko, uh, the Chapel. Uh, oh yeah. But I did not obviously do that. Uh, so one of these days I'll make it out there.
1: But... The uh, The Portland Art Museum had a traveling Rothko exhibit last summer. Um, which was really great. It was mostly his early stuff, which, like, some of the stuff is kind of weird, but some of it was really great, and, like, just being in some of those paintings, like, just being in front of them and having them fill your whole field of vision, like, also unlocks part of it for me. Like, I'm just like, oh, this, I'm having an emotional response to this that I wouldn't in, like, looking at it in a book.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like uh, Rothko, obviously. Um, I like the, uh, like, audacity of uh, Modrion, who uh, is, you know, obviously most famous for, like, his line and color ones, which was so great. Like, at one point he's like, oh, yeah, everybody who does painting from now on is copying me because uh, (laughs) I reduced it to its simplest form and the rest of you are all assholes. And I was like, oh, that's great. Uh, And, of course, I, I, like Picasso, um, there's this great story about uh, his painting Guernica, which is uh, a depiction of, like, the German bombing of the city of Guernica in Spain. And uh, he paints it during World War II, and uh, a Nazi like comes into his house and like sees these um, like flyers for the show uh, that has you know Guernica on the flyers, and he sa- uh, the German uh, the Nazi is like, oh, did you do this? And uh, Picasso said, no, you did.
1: That's very really good. Nice. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> really
0: great. This is another episode of Sick Burns from History. Yes,
2: yeah, sick. Okay. sick Burns.
0: And by, and by nice, I mean horrifying, sad, and true. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Mondrian's pretty great. I like I like that in terms of uh, non-representative art. Mm. Um, if I'm looking towards something kind of more, uh, you know, representative, uh, I really dig surrealism. I mean, honestly, like uh, especially like the. Um, propaganda posters that uh, Salvador Dali did for like World War II are uh, are fantastic. Um if you look at those. Um, additionally like my favorite I have like if you said who's your favorite painter I would say uh Beksiński who is a guy who does these really horrifying uh surrealist Kind of um, almost Silent Hill like monstrosities, these you know crazy like otherworldly landscape kind of things. He was like active from like you know, the late '60s to '95 or so, just doing these um, really powerful, really striking uh, you know uh, pictures, paintings. Sorry, I was looking for the word there. Um, you've probably seen some of them on the internet of like, ooh, check out this scary image, kind of thing. Yeah. I found him through uh, through something awful. Um, and we 're looking like classic arts because he says, "Ooh, impressionists raphaelites romantics. Um, I really like anything like Rembrandt from around the uh, from around the uh, the Renaissance that really is like chiaroscuro. so like oh we 're just like really starting to understand how like light and shadow work, and so mm-hmm. anything where you see like oh they 're getting away with only drawing half the face because these really stark you know like how do we represent light on a flat canvas, I was like, yeah, this is this is some next level stuff, um, and so I always like those. Um, yeah,
1: like like any ancient medium, there's always the the kind of conflict between appreciating something in its time and then also just like having an aesthetic reaction to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's one of those things. Like I remember taking art history classes in high school or taking a, a- art history class in high school, um, and they're just being like, "Well, here's a you know here's a, a statue, and it's contrapposto," and like. Check out this statue with one leg forward. Isn't that great? And it's just like, you, know, like, you know, like, <laughs> right. I can appreciate that. Like this is the first time to do this, like yeah.
2: intellectually,
1: but it doesn't make me want to look at it.
3: Yeah, anymore. it's kind of like yeah, you look at a bunch of pre- uh, pre-Columbian art and go like, whoa, I, yeah. I think I've seen kids do that.
1: Yeah, okay and yeah You have to I be like, it. wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> I get it historically, but like it yeah. doesn't like, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm real into like idea stuff. I think. Mm-hmm. Like there, and there's some like aesthetically nasty things where it's just like, like you know art you know obviously this is some real uh, s- smoke and an Einstein sign three of <laughs> the Denny's conversation but like art can be you know it's all context so it can depend on what what it is so it do, you know, I feel like art doesn't have an inherent value as a word you know because it mm-hmm. can be can be anything if if you contextualize it right and the uh, I remember I, I like some some just kind of ghoulish stuff that was like a neat idea that came out that I really appreciate while still being really gross. Like, there's a guy, one artist who, like, drained, uh, like, a pint, took a pint of his blood every, you know, as often as safe for long enough to make a a sculpture of his head out of frozen blood, which I've talked about on the show before. And, like, that's really gross, and I don't necessarily know, like, I get it, like, okay, this this is my flesh, but it's, like, not my flesh. Like, I get kind of some of the idea behind it, but, like, some of that, like, audacity and just, like... That's a crazy thing I never would have thought of in a million years, like, really does it for me, too.
2: hmm
1: You know? Yeah.
3: And you get into some real weird stuff with, like, Andre Serrano, and uh, he, was do, he did, like, Piss Christ. Yeah. Christ, which is like, oh, I just took these plastic Jesuses and uh, put them in a jar and then filled them with pee.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess I was inarticulate when I was talking about the, the you know, the, the renaissance, like, light and shadow kind of things. It entrances me how complete that illusion is. Mm. And so, if, like, from an aesthetic kind of sense, you know, like, the Cincinnati Art Museum just has a bunch of those. And, like, you can go there and just, like you said, you lose the edges of it. And it's like, I kind of feel like I'm looking at a person. And I mm. kind of, you know, just, there are choices that are made in how this person is presented that the artist is trying to communicate to me subtly. Behind um, this technical feat of actual, you know, you know, realism behind it. Sure,
3: there's a lot of like uh, during the period of time when I, you know, I, I'm not very familiar with, with kind of older art. I'm sorry, um, but uh, there's all these like hidden semiotics of like portraiture where uh, you would show a picture of a woman, but then that woman would have a small dog in her lap, and that was like a sign of her fertility uh, or something. Oh, like that. yeah. And uh, I really appreciate the sort of like weird puzzlement to it, where it's like, oh, everyone that knew art at the time was aware of this and like got it without saying it, but like that's completely lost on me now.
1: Yeah. Or like how they'd, there'd be the, this beautiful picture of a woman um, sitting on a chair and then uh, hanging partway out of her body is a baby, and that would be a symbol of fertility. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just that's, that's a weird, that's a
3: weird <laughs> <personality> symbol. <laughs>
1: yeah, it is a weird period. It was the things got a little blue for <laughs> <laughs> It was the blue period. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> I was gonna make a different joke, but I decided not to.
0: Yeah, I knew which one you are going to do. Which,
2: wait, go, go on. Do, do it.
0: <laughs> uh, just I was going to riff off of period for a little while.
3: Oh, okay. See, I was not going to do that. I was going to yeah. uh, say it was when Picasso was painting all uh, pictures of girls looking up.
0: Hmm. Okay. Cool. Um... <laughs> Did you hear your first folks?
1: There's a couple of minutes of cool riffing on period, <laughs> Yep. We really wasn't actually that. going to do that. Yeah. Uh,
3: we were just going to do the like Dave Foley monologue
0: about having a
1: good oh, meant to be
3: a
2: positive... Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Brad Carey asks: Any games, either currently or of childhood ages, uh, that were either favorites when traveling or have particular stories attached to them?
1: Hmm. I think you've talked about... Um, isn't Link's Awakening your, your game, cool? Did
0: you play that on family vacations? Zombies at My Neighbors, actually. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That's one. We would go <clears throat> with my dad to uh, uh, rent a house like in South Carolina on the shore there. Uh, you know, small little islands and stuff. And, you know, dad and the whole family. And then just staying up late nights playing co-op uh, Zombies at My Neighbors. You know, so that is both a fond memory and a traveling story. <laughs> so and that was actually top of mind, because I spent a lot of time with my, you know, with my dad this Christmas, so that was good. Nice. Yeah. So that's mine. Zombies mm-hmm. Ate My Neighbors.
1: It's a good game. Oh. Um, yeah, the... Uh, uh, I, I don't really have childhood ones that I can think of, but as an adult, when I've flown back home, I've typically treated myself to a new or Pokemon game I haven't played. They're new or new to me, because I find that to be a really good playing game. Um, this time I didn't, this travel session, but most years I'll grab a Pokemon game to, to be on the plane and the airport, so which is, which is fun. But let like it's grindy enough to not, you know, it's okay for me to half-listen to announcements and stuff
2: while yeah. it's going on.
3: Yeah, you know, I don't know if I really ever traveled with games too much. I know when I came out here, it was, um, <laughs> when I came out just to visit and I was on the plane, it was like a Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 2. <laughs> Uh, I played through quite a bit of that. Uh, nope. Not all of it, obviously, because it's like 12 billion hours or whatever. But, um, yeah, that was a fun one.
0: Yeah. Um, I remember one summer I uh, went on a trip with my family to uh, to Washington, D.C., and over the course of that trip I beat both of the Capcom Zelda games and uh, Metal Gear Solid for the Game Boy Color. Oh. <laughs> That was good. That was also the same summer I was uh, slammed into a metal, metal detector at the White House. So that was fun.
1: Yeah. Cole was, uh, was going to Nightcrawler up that shit. Yep. Uh, they got him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, David Petroco asks, have you ever played and enjoyed a game or genre that you are terrible at? I've played a good deal of Destiny, all the Halo games, and Borderlands and had a blast playing them, but I suck hardcore at first-person shooter games.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I saw this uh, beforehand. I've got a good I've got an answer for this. Um, oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I, I no, go ahead. Um I really like uh, Warcraft and StarCraft games. Like so but I just play them by myself and I'm pretty bad at them. <laughs> but I like I like playing I've played through StarCraft a bunch of times. I've played through Warcraft two and Warcraft three a bunch of times. I haven't played StarCraft two yet just because I you know it hasn't been cheap. But like I'm really bad at RTS games. Like I'm I'm not good at them. Um, thus I play against the computer exclusively. I think, oh, no, wait, maybe, I can't remember what it is. I think
3: you can play StarCraft Two online for free without the game. You have oh. to play against a person, um, which you and I could play sometime if you wanted to, but, um, uh, we just do a little little comp stomping. Um, I think without even owning the game. I think that's oh. that's the case.
1: I have to look that up. Yeah, me too. Because it's been a while, but yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> um, Starcraft 2 is really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about it. And like I'm so, like, I don't, I'm not good with build order. I'm not good, like, I get, like, the paper, rock, scissors general, like, unit versus unit types. But, like, it gets to a level of complexity eventually where it's like, this this unit is good against anti-air, but it doesn't have any ground defenses, and it moves really slowly. So you have, And it gets to a point where I can't pay attention anymore. And then I just end up building my favorite unit and a bunch of them and then just going and destroying the village. Like, I have very yeah. fond memories of playing Warcraft 2 and just, like, here's a thousand water elementals, <laughs> you know? Like, i have just, you know, yeah. hung out here long enough to where I can't lose. Yeah,
3: yeah. that's kind of i did. I'm not super good at that stuff either, like... Because um, it's just... It, there's kind of a time investment involved in making sure that you get good and uh, kind of also an outside learning where you have to kind of... Uh, know about the metagame. You have to mm-hmm. think about like, oh, what are other people doing? What strategies do they have? What works? What doesn't work? And that's stuff that I just like I don't want to get into in those sort of games. Um, mm-hmm. So so I get it. I'm right there with you. But, you know, like uh, in StarCraft II you get to build a bunch of Thors and Thors all have like an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. And,
2: uh, oh, God!
3: <laughs> no, man. Yeah. no. No, oh, no all the time. The one is here! It's all... <laughs> <gone>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, about, how about you guys? Oh, um, typically I'm pretty bad at all video games. Uh, there's not like... I'm just not really great at them. <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, first-person shooters are like a little too fast for me, and uh, I just can't can't twitch well enough. Uh, and, um... Uh, I don't know. So I like to play strategy games mostly, but uh, I do enjoy... I really loved uh, uh, Dishonored. I thought Dishonored was great. That was like a first person. Uh, and But I got to be really slow at it. I think that was... That was. The yeah, time. the pacing on that
1: game is really considered. Yeah.
0: I am terrible at racing games that don't involve the word Mario or Kart, uh, but I love Burnout Paradise.
3: You love Burnout Paradise. Yes. You did not? Did you not like other Burnout games that are? Oh, I better?
0: do. No. Yeah, Burnout, Burnout Two and Three are really good. But like Paradise was where I felt like they really found what they were trying to do with
3: that. Huh. Yeah. You did Burnout Paradise. Oh, was like the world
0: awesome. kind of of the structure?
3: I think that was it. It was uh, the problem I had with it was that I, I'm also not super great at racing games, but. Um, which is like, uh, which is why I really love the grid, but we'll get into that in a second. But um, uh, yeah, I hated the idea that if I lost a race, I then had to drive all the way back through town in order to get back to the start of the race and then do the race over again.
0: They patched that out, actually.
3: Did they? Yeah. Uh, maybe I should go back and play it.
0: Yeah, you can uh, you can go into the menu and just do like restart race or restart yeah. event or whatever that was, and uh, you'll just be whoop, all the way back. Like they That's basically. Rebuilt the game and then mm-hmm. added a whole other game on top of it through the patches and stuff.
3: Okay, well maybe I'll check that
0: out. Speaks poorly of the initial product that they put out, but yeah. what eventually I kind of fell backward into playing was a really, really good, good experience. Okay,
3: so the the reason I like the grid is that it's pretty straight racing, but then there was the uh, you get five uh, re- like reverse times uh, per race, and like it's just like sometimes you fuck up. And this is the thing that lets you unfuck up. And uh, and then, you know, if you blow a c- corner, you get to learn while you're doing it how to drive better.
0: Hmm. Huh. Does it, like, show you the line that you should have taken? or?
3: No, it doesn't do that, but you can kind of tell by, like, how bad you did it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, once you get into it, you're like, oh, yeah, this is this is the problem is that I didn't brake early enough, and uh, I just went straight to the wall. Yeah. Was the game the was
0: pretty... Challenge. Again, game that was concurrent with uh, with Grade was Split Second, uh, mm. which Disney put out, actually, and that was really good. It was like a mixture of uh, stunt man with actual racing uh, put on yeah. top of it. So you could just tr- trigger these cinematic moments and, like, oh, now a silo is falling over, and it's going to hit everybody, and it's going to change the, the layout of the course. That was also really yeah. good.
2: Yeah.
3: Mm. Yeah, I, I, did you guys ever watch the, the extra credits show? Yeah I, I, yeah, I watched a lot of it. One of my favorite things that, like, that they mentioned on extra credits is I don't play racing games very often, but every once in a while I get like a real itch for it. And I don't want to play, like I don't want to buy a racing game or play one I already have. So like, I really like the idea that they present, which is where I just rent a racing game for a few hours. Like, mm. I would totally do that, especially if I had some friends over and could do some like couch co-op. That'd be great.
0: Yeah. Yeah let's see here, uh, Brian Skersha writes in asking, um, I bounced off of Dark Souls around the 12 hour mark I got stuck on a boss because I'm a baby and the next shiny thing caught my eye I want to try again, should I continue or start over? Uh, any before I play advice skills, builds, general tips
1: um, start over yep. yeah. the, those 12 hours will go by in 2 hours and that will make you feel really good
3: yeah I uh I think Gary knows this because cause, uh, we talked about it, but I was playing through Dark Souls for the first time when he started doing his Let's Play, and uh, I watched the first episode, and it, it took me seven hours to get to the parish, Um and it took him, like, 20 minutes. And I was like, that's a real, like, fuck you to me. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he found the secret semiotics. If you look at the girl who was petting a strange cat, and that's a... Yeah, cat. yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: so so it was great, though, because after that, every character I started, I can get through the parish in no time. and Because um, you
1: kind of, you know, it's just like it's a weird riding a bike. Yeah. Knowledge is the only currency in... In Dark Souls, like it's just like getting getting better at it. Um, other than that, like start start Pyromancer. Like even if you don't want to shoot fireballs, that's the best beginning class because it has really good stats and starts at Soul Level One. And then just find a weapon that you like and build towards that. And then once you have the stats for it, like just vitality and endurance, and you and you'll you'll do good.
0: Yep. Uh, don't treat your starting class as like, ooh, this is ultimately what I want to be. Uh, treat it yeah. as what's going to give me the best advantage at the start. Um, Yeah, my biggest mistake was I started as like a wanderer um, uh, the first time that I played through and uh, that put me into a lot of tough positions that could have been solved if I went Pyromancer or, you know, whatnot. Um, Yeah, we kind of joked about the, oh, it took me, you know, such and such hours and Gary did it in one episode of a Let's Play. But like, if you're stuck on something... And you feel like you have like a good idea of how to accomplish it, you're just not able to like do it, you know, with your dumb, stupid meat hands, like uh, like I do. Watching a video of somebody doing it successfully, I don't know what the what what the trick of this is, but like understanding that it's possible to do it and look like a badass while it happens, that helps me um, get over any kind of like psyching myself out.
2: Uh, yeah, that, kind of that, stuff. that
0: helps with me with a lot with bosses.
1: Like I didn't want to spoil anything. Like I'd figure out how to fight them you know, at first, but I was just like, I'm just not good enough to do this. Mm-hmm. And then just watch somebody and see kind of what choices they're making. Like it didn't feel spoily, it just felt like yeah. encouraging. Yeah.
0: And you'll 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 have a better sense for how comfortable you are with that, like what what you feel like spoiling for yourself. But uh, there's, you know, there I don't know that there's an awful lot of shame um, in, in in leaping to that. That ends, you know, over and over again, don't feel bad if you bounce off of it. Like I, I'm convinced that for everybody who get, really gets into the games, there's a molting period, honestly, where you're going to bounce off of it and come back and be like, oh, I get it. That happened to me. Um, that happened to a lot of other people I know who you know jumped into it. Uh, so it might eventually happen for you. Just don't give yourself a hard time.
3: Yeah. And uh, since I can say it without being a jerk, listen to the first episode of Bonfireside Chats. It's actually super helpful for beginning players.
2: Yeah.
1: And if you want to go along with us, you can, you can go along with the show which other people have said is helpful. You, yeah. know, you don't want to listen to the area before you get to it, but, like, if you're having a hard time in an area, it might be worth checking out what we have to say about it, because we talk about boss strategies and, and what the boss fights are about and kind of a bigger thing. And to, to point out Nicole was saying, he first started playing with The Wanderer, um, for all the Dark Souls games, I think an agility build is kind of hard mode uh, yeah. for all of them. Like, caster is easy mode, strength mode is medium, and agility build. And then, like, extra extreme hard is cleric in uh, Dark Souls 1, but, like, so if you want to make it easy for yourself, a caster. But if you want to get down in there and actually fight people, go strength. Don't yep. go agility because uh, learning how to dodge is harder than learning how to block um, effectively. And they're both skills. Like blocking is not easy in that game, but like that's an easier skill to pick up.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
1: Tips and tricks. Yeah, Dark Souls so good.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Controversial opinions. Network, but. Yep. I kind of want to go back and play it um, again because I haven't for a while because of Dark Souls Two. I need to complete. I want to do my the
1: speed run that I never finished from the live stream and upload it mm-hmm. at some point, um, nice. and hopefully do better than I was doing. So, yeah.
0: Let's see here, Alex KDN with our next to last question here. Um, are there any, preferably retro video game related YouTube channels that are actually pretty watchable? Uh, I know everything can't be Crontendo or Aaron Signal good, uh, but there has to be stuff out there that doesn't explicitly provoke negative emotion.
3: Ooh, that's tough. I uh, I started watching Let's Plays um, with Nintendo Capri son, um, but he kind of gets a little grating uh, after a little while. <laughs> but it's kind of also fun. Like, I watched uh, Secret of Mana, him play through Secret of Mana, and, like, he just starts singing along to the songs in the background. It's kind of charming. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's hard. Like if you especially if you're if you're not looking for Let's Play. Like Let's Play, there's lots of them out there that are decent, I feel like. You, know, you can at least find something tolerable. But like if you want to find something like Crontendo or something, you know like Aaron Signal where it's features based, that's mm-hmm. harder. Um, and they're they're very rare. Like um some guy just started a Super Nintendo cron, like cron super nintendo thing. That's pretty good. Um, and he that, his channel doesn't have a lot of subscribers, so I'm willing to give that guy some love. I can't remember his name right now, but if you search Cron Super Nintendo or Super Nintendo in Order, Super Nintendo Chronicles is actually what I think it is. Um, he's doing a good job. Uh, Jerry Parrish from 1UP and US Gamer does Game Boy World, um, which is really good. It's every Game Boy game in order and like a little five-minute essay essentially about each Game Boy game. That's really good. Um, and that's just about what I can recommend. Oh, um, Dave Klein... Who we had on Bonfireside Chat, does a Dave Control Super Show thing that where he takes an old game. And they're they're a little bit, like, their production is not my favorite thing always, but they're the insights really good. Um, and then something I can recommend that I think is terrible, or I don't recommend, something I can just say that's terrible that I have watched a lot of because I get bored, is this thing called Game Sack, which is, like, two dudes like in their, like, 30s or 40s and, like, they're, you know, the, it's, on, it's, like, what I like, it's like, oh, Sega CD, here's, like, 10 notable Sega CD games and why they're notable. Like, I like that. But they just sound so, like, there's no... They sound very dumb, and I feel bad. Like, there could be, like, super nice guys, but they're just like, that'd be great. Here's the thing that happened. I liked it when you got the fireball. It made me feel powerful. Like, every, the, like it sounds like a joke. Like, these declarative statements, like, you know, I liked it when I got the power-up that let me smash everything. That was pretty cool. Let's see Sonic do that. Like, everything has this kind of, like, declarative flat delivery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, like it's an it's, infomercial? Like, exactly. <laughs> like, it is really hard to watch, but I've watched a bunch of them because I like having a video on in the background while I play Isaac, and I've been grinding out, uh, you know, Isaac stuff. Um, so, like, that is not what you're looking for. So if you see that on a recommended list, maybe you'll like it. I think it's pretty rough. But yeah. those chronological things, I think, are are your best bets.
0: Yeah. I don't watch a lot of YouTube. I'm um, going to be honest with you here, so I'm not going to be very helpful. Um, I'll give you two reasons why I don't watch a lot of YouTube and like what will turn me off of a channel immediately. Um, and maybe you can use these as your canary in the coal mine. How long is the intro stinger that they do? Like the Game nuts. And also, how much of their face do you see? Hmm. <laughs> Brayden, did you mute yourself? No, I'm just trying not to interrupt you.
3: <laughs> okay. uh, I'm sorry. Just like your game nuts was amazing. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, so is is your intro too long and way too way too flashy? If yes, stop. Um, and do you see more of your face than the game? If yes, stop. Okay. That's my. Those are my two huge turnoffs in any kind of. Uh, um, YouTube thing I see.
1: You can always also just watch Crontendo again.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's, that's really really good. Like yeah. the standard for that stuff. And you the know. real early episodes are great for helping you sleep. Yeah, yeah, and they helped they helped me get through my divorce. The um, and I forgot to mention this: if you want kind of a mix between a Let's Play, I watched all of Bob and Threadbear's Let's Play Deus Ex lecture series, mm. which is really interesting, even though it gets bonkers at the end. Like he gets like really really high-minded in a way that like I think doesn't serve him or the material that well like in like the last five episodes or so, but it's like 50 episodes of like here's a section of DSX, here's literally everything possible in the section of DSX, and like I know the game really well, but I was still learning things which was really fun, and then like hey during this part they mentioned uh you know the Bilderberg Group, and then he tells you it gives you a little lecture about what the Bilderberg Group is. And it's just, like, they each have an A and a B side. It's kind of what I based the Infinity Engineers blog um, structure on. And uh, it's really good. Like, that that was, like, like they came out every Monday, and they eventually finished. But I was really into that. So check out Deus Ex Lecture if you like Deus Ex, and you've already played it. Don't spoil it for yourself.
0: Nice. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Well, let's round it out with one final question here. Uh, this is Brian Skershis asking. Do you feel that the recent success of Serial will be a tide that lifts all boats, or that more niche podcasts will continue with the business as usual?
1: Uh, the second one. Yeah. Like I don't, th- I don't think the I don't think the success of Serial will be make a difference in the long run.
0: No, it's a it's an outlier. Um, is is how I feel. Um, anything that gets people used to listening to podcasts though is pretty good. Like yeah. I think that one of the bigger um, kind of hurdles that we have. Is that uh, um, it's kind of hard to get into it for a while. And so if somebody is like, "Oh, I want to start listening to this thing because only you of know, my friends are talking about it, all of a sudden they're in there and they're kind of free agents, you know, free radicals looking for um, you know, well, what else is there? And then they may continue flocking to the niche kind of thing. I think that's good. Like anything that gets people over that hump of like, what is a podcast that is a really dumb name for a thing, Also subscribing to it is really hard. Apparently, well, actually, no, it's really easy, and there, there's all this other stuff. I think that that is going to be the biggest benefit that uh, that Serial provides.
3: Yeah, and you saw a big boost in Welcome to Night Vale, when that got kind of popular for a little while, but then now nobody's talking about
1: that. And yeah, like, it, there's that weird kind of flash-in-the-pan thing with that. And, like, the thing about Serial specifically is that it's so MPR-y. Yeah. And, like, people don't, like, people will listen to an MPR thing, you know, in a way that they wouldn't listen to one of our shows or listen to another podcast. I think, like it might—it's hard for me to imagine the user that's like, I like Serial, but I'm just interested in podcasts in general. Like, I—it's more likely that I'm thinking of like the NPR listener yeah, who just like listen an extension of NPR. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna listen to the Moth.
0: Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I guess that that hypothetical person that I, that that I created there would have an interest beyond like NPR. You know mm-hmm. that once they figure out, oh, there's this wealth of options there, and they're over the hump as opposed to something else. Mm-hmm. Most of them will probably go to stuff that is more like what they're used to, which is cereal. Uh, but there's always there's always the opportunity that that technological barrier is going to be eroded over time as people get yeah. used to the form.
1: Yeah, and I think that I think that you I mean, you're not wrong. Like, and I also think
0: that will happen as well, and is happening.
1: Like, as people become more tech savvy and yeah, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, so then...
3: Hopefully all those people that are into NPR shows and Serial will then go back and listen to the first episode of Pilot Season. (laughs) It was the first episode, right? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, I forgot
3: about that. (laughs) Old Boxer Kwan and Bright Salad. (laughs)
0: I've I've tried to get Boxer Kwan into a video as a name. uh, (laughs) Since then, it's never worked.
3: Well, we... um, Gary joined me for this uh, little thing. I don't know if he ever talked to you about it, but uh, I was doing a fake NPR news show on um, for the Booked podcast. Um, uh, for a while, I was doing Booked news, and I was this kind of like 1940s radio guy, but then I stopped and started doing this fake NPR show called Words Eye View with... Um, was my name Malik Tumbali? Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and I had Gary come on, and normally the show was two and a half, three minutes long. And I had Gary come on, and we did a, a fun drive, and it was like 25 minutes long. <laughs> like right in the middle of somebody else's podcast. I just went on and blabbed
2: for 25
3: minutes.
1: And, Gary NK, like, talking about. You still haven't said that to me, I don't think. I think yeah. I did. I think I did, but I'll okay. send it again. Okay, sorry.
2: Uh, no,
3: oh. it's okay. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, uh, so 20, it's like 25 minutes and it's like mostly Gary and I talking about b- bags, like <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> tote bags and backpacks and everything else that you can get for pledging. Cause we, we, that's where tote bagula was born, right? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> um, oh no, it was the, uh, Nosferat tote.
2: Yeah, there we go.
1: <laughs> right. I forgot about that. <laughs> that, that ridiculous NPR cousin. <laughs> is it made of tweed? <laughs> yeah, okay. tweed and graveyard dirt. Okay. One of, one of my favorite things about NPR is making fun of NPR.
2: Like yeah. it's
1: like, like it is a cultural thing to make fun of. is one, like there are things I like on NPR a lot, but like, boy, does that aesthetic work for me as a as a subject of fun. Yeah, no. it's so. Really, funny. Did you ever do like a parody of, of I, Radio I, Lab? I have it like half written. Like I have yeah. a, a like a page and a half of like my fake Radio Lab thing, but I never actually got around to doing it.
3: If you wanna, if you wanna finish it, we'll throw it in right in the middle of a teenager bag. Yeah,
1: it could be like Is this another time for the Radio Lab. You know, for for sound, uh, sound
3: so. the, Didn't we do? Uh, Oh, yeah, it was pilot season. It was. I think we were going to call it pilot, pilot season.
2: Yeah. Uh, and that was it. where
3: it was ideas for pilot season that we just didn't want to make into full shows. Yeah, in the middle of this other show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's where uh, Soup Salad and Brent Sticks comes in. Yeah, the
1: unlimited Soup Salad and Brent Sticks. <laughs> yeah, the podcast with team soup, rice salad, and professional oxygenarian Brent Sticks. Yeah.
2: We've.
0: Uh, I don't want to give too much away about the about the upcoming landscape of WAF, but that's going to be rearing its head. in The MPR aesthetic, right?
1: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's yeah. Indeed. That's, indeed. that's I my idea a, too. Yeah, I, I have a good uh, idea for a uh, a rock band sketch. Oh know, cool. If you have one, but I have I have an idea. So. I do not. Okay, I will I will send it your way for approval. Cool. Behind the scenes. Yeah. Logistics. <laughs> Game Nuts. <laughs> we're, we're the game bros. <laughs> I'm a single fanboy, but he's a Nintendo fanboy. However, we
0: still get along. I was at wacky misadventures. <laughs> what about Turbo TurboGrafx-16? <laughs> <laughs> Braid, <laughs> go
2: away. <laughs> <laughs> <Blum>. <laughs>
1: I'm wearing an Atari shirt.
3: <laughs> um, I mean, you you listen to uh, some like earwolf. Isn't like Paul Shear, doesn't he talk about how he always backed the wrong horse? Like it's certainly oh, yeah. yeah. He like he always got the wrong system. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, He's I only listened to one podcast with him on it, but he's brought it up a couple of times.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So guys, one final question here. that's just follow up. Um, Edward B says, "Shit, I missed it." How many times would you each would, he, would each of you kiss Mario? Oh, oh I said nine. nine.
1: Is is nine? Um, three. Like, well, three, like well each mustache.
2: Oh right? yeah,
0: yeah. Individual yeah, so, so 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 one plus the number of hairs in Mario's mustache. Yeah, one plus X.
2: Yep.
1: And then zero or infinite, <laughs> uh, depending
0: <laughs> on how Mario is portrayed. So. <laughs> So hopefully that is satisfactory.
1: Yeah. yeah. So yeah, thanks for thanks for watching and or listening if you listen to this when it comes out later. And uh thanks Brayton. Yes, thank you, Brayton. And check out uh Teenage yeah. Dirtbags for me and Brayton Fun.
0: Yep. TV slash teenage dirtbags.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple of dirt bags. The uh <laughs> the classic dirt boys. <laughs> the dirt boys. <laughs> um yeah, and uh listen to our other shows and all that stuff.
0: And hope you guys everybody had a happy holiday.
1: Yeah. yeah. And yeah, happy
0: new year. Happy new year to you. Yeah, and thank you for making 2014 so
1: great. Yeah, and thank you in advance for making 2015 so great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody.
3: A bunch of fucks about it.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There we go. Thank you so much for listening. As you heard, we were mostly responding to questions that were put to us by the Patreon backers. So just as a reminder, if you would like to do that, uh, get your question answered, you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, uh, register at $5 or more per month, and uh, then you'll get those notices about when the, uh, when the shows are happening. Thanks once again, and we will see you soon.